Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. I want people to believe in me, and I want people to believe me when they taste my beer. That's what it's about. You mean you laid underneath it and tried to put his tongue absolutely. up the bung? <laughs> I like to actually scoop up the yeast uh-huh. and look at it. Seven o'clock came real early that next morning. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks for dumbing that down for us. You did an awesome job. It's all about food and beer. You punch me in the junk. Man, that thing was thick. The point is, just beat it like it's your dick. I like to smell it afterwards. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic no. right now? And bring your body armor. I ran into my jungle once on a ball valve in a kettle. That's <laughs> a true shape. happy now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the program. You're listening to The Session here live on the Brewing Network. I'm your host this week, Justin Crosley. Feel like I've been here a while. Oh wait, I missed a week, didn't I? <laughs> you missed uh, you missed a week. Well, when you go like once every six weeks, when you go once yeah. every four weeks, it seems like you know, right. Back yeah. back. It's hard to keep up now. The first day was just like a day. Yeah. The second day <laughs> was more like a week. Right. It's been thirty seconds. That's quite a while for you. <laughs> yeah, I need a break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's good to have you back, Justin. We Thanks. missed you. You're missed in the show. And, uh, you know, like that. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm planning a whole long time away, so... Uh, yeah, I saw that, and, uh, oh, yeah. you know... But it's I for have... work. It's that road trip. <laughs> You've oh, earned it. Well, yeah. then, <laughs> well then, great. It's the it's the BN on the road. Nice. Been BN. waiting for that for years. Yeah, BN, BN on the road. BN, BN, on, the road. BN on the road. I get <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. That's how it's spelled. You want to be on the road. I understand. Ready. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta wrap that thing? Yeah. You gonna take the RV? I am going to take the RV. Well, I'm not sure about that yet. I get the RV back on Friday uh, from getting the window fixed and and seeing if they can fix all of the leaks, uh, which they told me they did and can. But uh, we'll see. And if that's the case, I'm going to I'm going to take it. You know, Uh, we got to see if this whole video thing works before I go 
you know, who Gallivant. Could, well, who can buy an <laughs> RV right now? So uh, I'm just, you know, the plan is take it, formulating. Uh, hit the road, hit a bunch of beer spots, uh, shoot video everywhere we go, and uh, when the RV falls apart, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Talk to Jamil about it. You know, he of course is his old RV, and he he agrees. You just drive it till it catches fire again, or uh, <laughs> falls apart entirely. I feel like that's the only way to really go. Like to yeah. to to put the RV out of its misery. Yeah, it has just, to go down mm. working. Oh, yeah. to go down hard <laughs> for sure. And then just spray paint on the side like abandoned. <laughs> it lived a good life. Yeah, you just you. Uh, yeah, my dad was pretty ghetto. I know I do. You take the license plate off. You sh- you, you grind off the the VIN numbers and you just leave it on the <laughs> side leave it alone. of the road. Uh, right. You know, or you torch it. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Wait to get out in the middle of the desert and just. I well, now like... no one's going to believe me if it happens like on, <laughs> yeah, right. on its own. Oh, Everyone's yeah. going to be like, "Oh, it caught fire, huh?" Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you can just get rid of it for a hundred dollars in the de- like if you're in the desert, any one of those yeah. weird desert towns. Yeah, hundred bucks to take this RV. Sure, I'll take this RV. Convert to burn, dude. You can cook meth in this those thing. Those are my people, by the oh, way. Sorry, um, <laughs> I should be respectful. Uh, probably more even. I mean, the thing if it if, you know if it's if it lived in one place, it'd be fine. Well, that's what I mean. Like those yeah. go. Oh, yeah, we can like push it around my gas station <laughs> and that's where I'll live with me and Heather and you know my twin kids yeah or if they're looking for an addition on their double wide they just park it next yeah. to their house bust yeah. the whole bust, bust his door down yeah. Yeah. do a Kool-Aid man through yeah. the wall right. and yeah. you're done put a couple of wooden pallets in between the two <laughs> right you got a triple Breathe. wide wow <laughs> Bev are you getting all this down <laughs> yeah uh, so I'm here for now and gone for later is basically what's happening. I think that's all going to start right around uh, the uh, National Homebrewers Conference, as a matter Homebrew of fact. Con, yeah. Homebrew Con. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be driving up to Portland, nice. and uh, we'll do the conference. And uh, yeah, and then I'm just going to keep right on going. Uh, so it should be a all good right. time. You so stock up on beer uh, when you get to Portland. Yeah, exactly. It's a good it's a good first stop, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, to fill up. Yeah. yeah. You're going brewery to brewery, so you probably won't need much. I mean, that's the plan. We're on a budget, so I got, I'm, I'm hoping to buy food and not beer. You're going to panhandle for everything else. Got to buy some fuel, you know, cool. things like that. Good smart um, move, yeah. Uh, we're going to put it all on YouTube, by the way. And, oh, and as oh, a well, matter of fact, we're uh, we're YouTubing live for the first time tonight. So, uh, hello there to our, our YouTube oh. audience. Nice to oh. see you. Uh, we're experimenting with different uh, streaming formats. We've been over on uh, experimenting with Facebook Live for the last month or so, which yeah. did okay for us. I kind of like it. But because we're going to move all this video content over to YouTube when we when we hit the road. Yep. I thought, uh, well, why don't we do some live streaming over there and and see how it goes? And uh, let me have a look here. Oh yeah, we and got it's a, actually working. A couple people watching. That's cool. Um, so that's good fun. Uh, plus, then it'll all live on our YouTube page. I think after we do this live stream, it'll save there, and people can go back and watch the shows there. So, yeah. oh. you know, in the past we were only over on live stream, which is great. Uh, it's a great you know uh, format has has done well for us, but eh, it's just that nobody sees it over there. Right. It's a great place to. <laughs> it's one um, of those things. It's good. a great place to archive video, and and yeah. when we do our big event. Like uh, I'll be doing the awards here uh, pretty soon for the World Beer Cup in yeah. Nashville. Uh, you know, live stream's great because it's just a perfect stable platform. Knock on wood, um, so that everybody you know can go view. But um, look, the times they are changing. It's true. So, um, yeah, I like can... how they're changing back to YouTube. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, they've come right. full circle. Yeah. <laughs> soon it'll be back on AOL. Right. 
I mean, you can, it could you happen. Can, you can send away for transcripts of the show by sending in $5. <laughs> yeah. 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 YouTube's gotten really good. I've been messing with it a lot lately, getting ready for this road trip. So figured, yeah. figured we'd check out this live stream over there. So thanks there for go. tuning in on YouTube if you're there right now. We appreciate it. We got a, a, a great show for you tonight. A little uh, change of gears for us. You know, it's not like we don't cover uh, professional brewing topics here, but this one is uh, its really focused on professional brewers. We're talking about uh, California employment law and how it relates to, to brewers. So, um, you know, for those of you who are, are always going to be a home brewer, and I, I do apologize, it might be the, the, the most boring show you've ever listened to. <laughs> uh, but we have a pretty wide audience, and a lot of you are professionals. And, of course, we couldn't do one for every state. You know, I could hear the comments right. already. Well, it's California beer law. Yeah, I mean, Utah, and I don't know what's going on. Yeah, but you know what? You're going to get the gist of it, and I uh, hope you just understand. You know, it, it's not like I could have oh. 50 lawyers on one program no, yeah. to cover each state's law. And yeah, um, that wouldn't, wouldn't work. Well, I imagine uh, most people listening either uh, are a brewer, own a brewery, or know somebody is one of the other, one yeah. of those other two guys. So you're all gonna, they're gonna, you, it'll be something you just might want to know a little bit about. Yeah, yeah. I you think can it's go in and say, anyway. "Hey, yeah. I, what you just, what I saw, what you yeah, saw, you like, just do uh, is illegal." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. like if you go to like I, for instance, you might go in a brewery and say, "I'm going to volunteer today," and they go like, "Well, no, really can't. We're compound laws to do." You know, if you should be not feel rejected, you should actually know that. Oh yeah, that's right. I knew that. That's the way it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's what we're doing tonight. We've got Joel Van Paris on the program with us. He is a legal professional in uh, California employment law, and uh, he's going to talk to us about how that relates to breweries. So we'll get to that in just a few minutes. We've got Kim Shimke in the studio with us today. Hi. I think she came because apparently this is her other job. She does employment law. Oh, so well, she doesn't uh, make I never oh. tell you guys my huh. job title because you wouldn't know what it means. What does it mean? Fancy <laughs> pants. What Let's is, go. What is it? I'm a supervising organization development specialist. I have no idea. Uh, what that you is. supervise organizational development. It's easy. What the, I mean, come on. Is that human resources. Why are you woman splaining things for us? I mean, why? Why is it? Why is that the title? Why? Is, <laughs> why? If, if what you do is employment law, why isn't it like uh, employment specialist? Because it's uh, human resources is broken up into two pieces and it's the admin side which is like benefits and payroll (laughs) you know what you want to be nice to your hr people because we are your advocates and allies we don't have hr so no well vivo's our hr person (laughs) we're not nice to her i am neither your advocate nor your ally (laughs) (laughs) smart you don't want them to be your liability i'm yours kim nobody else's yeah anyway you do that yeah, and then there's strategic HR. So that's like professional development. That is strategic planning, stuff like that. So it's more about how to keep the organization holistically healthy and happy and functioning. Well, see, that sounds okay. really it's interesting. Under the HR umbrella. Yeah, that first part sounded really boring. But could you switch Which is what jobs? I don't do. Right? Could you switch jobs and do the interesting one? I am certified. like the fun one and the one that everyone wants to hear about. That's the one that I do. No, the other one. Oh, the boring one. Yeah. What, yeah. Why would I want to do that though? <laughs> that's my It's more fitting yeah. thing for you. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, we didn't ask. Sorry. <laughs> All right, well, but you're doing great. So yeah, glad we did. I mean, we did not. I've been know. promoted three times in six years, so I think I'm doing okay. Well, Only okay. three? All right. That's you weird. Better, you know, strain your arm. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I know it seems weird when you don't know what a promotion is. You've never experienced one. But three in six no, years. No, okay. I just I just do a lot of lateral moves. Well, you're and fine. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. I believe you. Hey, it's all right. That's it's a quite strategy. Believable. You have a. I can tell you're really good at what you do. I love what I do. It's, and you love it's it. actually well, really intriguing. Yeah, and. Just this past week um, in San Francisco, I was sent to the CLA's uh, oh, yeah. employment law conference. I saw that on social media. So, you drank your lunch or something, didn't you, or something? Oh, no, just kidding. Hey, you'd have to just to get through that, yeah, wouldn't yeah. you? 
It's actually really interesting. I think it's required to get through the door in the conference. You have to be at least half cocked to get in. <laughs> they have a breathalyzer. The stuff goes into like investigations. So when people break employment law and it oh. goes to court, there's like investigations and you know, paper oh, trails, all oh. of that. It's actually fascinating. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I know it's yeah. a little bit too high level for you guys. So, got no, it. no, no, I no. Watch that, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's I know, exactly what it is. I know yes. a lot about law. I watch cable news. There's a lot of law there. See? So is the conference teaching you what documents to burn? Yeah. In an yeah, investigation? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, is that what it is? What Don't to use never email. Document. Don't use email. What right. you say face to face and never put in an email or a text. <laughs> oh, right. Because okay. mm-hmm. text can still be used as like a court document. Sure. Sure. So it's all common sense. I could be whatever an advocate for you know, commercial you think, responses yeah, or whatever. HR people and laws still have to exist. Huh. And California has the strictest laws of any state. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is kind of why I'm excited that our guest is central to California law, because for 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 that reason, so we can and, hear all the worst of the worst. Right. right. The worst of the worst. And then yeah. every other person, in every other state, can go. God damn, I got it great. Yeah. I yeah. don't have to deal with this. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. there's a fair amount of crossover, but yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. I can have my brewery employees work 24 hours a day, and it's fine in my state. <laughs> I am here to work. <laughs> Where do you live? I am here to work. <laughs> now, uh, are you going to stay then uh, for the show and help us with the interview? No, Katie she's got to go, yeah. no, I think. <laughs> yeah. She sounds real busy. Well, yeah. clearly I'm basically a lawyer now that I attended this conference. Right. So I feel huh? like I am like the second <laughs> professional that's going right. to be a part well, of this show. back up here. Do you do you want to try out this chair? And I just I mean I can oh. find something to do. I'm you just sure. want a reason not to be in that chair anytime. So the open road she calls. I mean you must be desperate if you're offering it to me. Here I am trying to elevate your situation. I'm Women in the to, workforce. Uh, this is going to be your fourth promotion in six years. Yeah. Right. And you're first on the Bring Network. And all I get is this. You know, I try to offer some support, some encouragement. You're holding your gender back uh, right now, Kim, and I don't appreciate that as a as a feminist myself. As a feminist? Yeah. How did this get on gender? Oh, wow. I don't know. I don't know. Everything's about gender. I don't see I don't gender. <laughs> you don't see. Beardies and right. well, well, David gender. Bowie content ever. Actually, it's a good point. He just doesn't see, so. I wasn't going to go it's that the only time that's ever true when someone says, I don't see gender. Yeah. I'm I also, blind. I also don't see car doors. But that's neither here yeah. nor there. Yeah. It's fine. It's curb. Things happen. All right. Well, let me get through a few things here. Like I said, we've got uh, Joel Van Paris on the program. He'll be joining us in just a few minutes, and we're going to talk about uh, California employment law as it relates to breweries. So those of you uh, professionals in the crowd, pay close attention. Uh, let me do some announcements. Uh, brought to you today by Drake's Brewing Company. You can go to drinkdrakes.com and check them out. Uh, they were a sponsor of our Spring Brews Festival, which went wonderfully. Uh, we appreciate that. And uh, always great events going on with their uh, multiple locations, too. So check out drinkdrakes.com. And thank them for sponsoring the Brewing Network. Yeah, please do. Um, we got uh, different merchandise on sale in the store. We're almost completely cleared out, as a matter of Oops. fact. And like I've been telling you, once we get cleared out, I'm going to get some some new stuff in there. And uh, we're real darn close. So go check it out. We got Sour Hour shirts in there. Uh, you know, Jay's uh, show from yeah. the Rare Barrel. Jay and Moscow do that. And uh, a couple uh-huh. new Brewing Network shirts in there. And then, um, you know, maybe some stragglers. So go check it out. Yes, JP. Um, I think the feed is still playing over the live stream. Oh, I hate it when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. I did that for sure. Oh, I'm so glad it wasn't me. I would be putting my head through the wall right about now. What happens again when it does that? Is it going to be on my archive, too? I think it's going to be... Well, I don't know. But, uh, yes, because you didn't turn the volume down. So you tell us to like turn the volume down and then stop it just in case it bleeds oh, through. I actually, I didn't even hit the go live button on it. Right. That's what I mean. Like, So I don't know. We'll see. It might be. It might. No, it shouldn't. 
because you didn't hit go live, so it should be archiving on its own. No, so you should be good. Different, different. Was there? Hey, Kim, you could do this. How was the audio on the video? Did you get any notes from video people? No, video is fine. You sure? Yeah, I don't have any issue. I doubt that. This is going to be... Okay. Well, whatever. (laughs) Nobody has said anything on any of the video streams. Let me just do this real quick in case we have to edit from this point. All right. Uh, Hey, welcome to the program. Uh, Nice to meet you all. You're listening to the session on the Brewing Network tonight. We've got uh, California employment laws as they relate to breweries with Joel Van Paris on the program. Let me get to some announcements. See, that'll be fine. Then it'll be like the the most uh, cut-to-the-point show we've ever done. Oh, that is very clean. Um... So and we'll get all that Kim shit out of there too. That's right. yeah. That's yeah. really what I like about your your executive decision right there. You're like editing in your yeah. in your head as you go. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Some call me a genius, JP. Some some some, Idiots some. call you a genius. Not yeah. enough. I've never. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've never uh, met them. Who? But uh, they, some. I'm sure see. they're out there. Yeah, there's one homeless person in France going, oh, my goodness. (laughs) He's a genius. He's a genius. (laughs) You're a genius. So it's like a cross between a Transylvanian and a Spanish (laughs) guy. It's everybody in France. Yeah, Yeah. I want to suck your genius. (laughs) Which is a different person altogether. That's a gay transvestite. Never mind. Go ahead, please. I blame you two for my opening (laughs) screw-ups. Genius. Whatever. Um, Okay. Our... um, Announcements are brought to you today yes. by Drake's Brewing Company. Go to drinkdrakes.com and check them out. Uh, we got a few pieces of merchandise left in the store. Go get that stuff. Uh, it's almost <laughs> sold out. And um, and then I'm going to get more in there for you. Someone in the chat was like, uh, in your response to some call me a genius. <laughs> go, Others call him near death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a, you know, it's a close good it's good neck and neck, man. <laughs> That's good. Uh, <laughs> all right. You can do your Amazon shopping. Just click the Amazon link on our home page and it's a great way to support the program um and also you can join the bn army by clicking the donate button on our homepage. and for as little as two dollars a month you are entered into the more beer monthly donation giveaway uh which is where we give 100 dollars uh, every month to one lucky donor uh to spend over at more beer so if you're a big home brewer you're going to want to you're going to want to do that and more beer is a sponsor of this session and every session that we do for years, the folks at More Beer have been leading the charge when it comes to cool and unique homebrewing equipment, like the Robo Brew, the easiest way to brew all grain. Made from stainless steel, the Robo Brew allows you to make nine gallons of beer all in one vessel, from boil to mash to cooling. The Robo Brew truly is self contained. And if you're thinking about getting into all grain, you should definitely consider the Robo Brew. Or up your fermentation game with the all new Fermentosaurus Plastic Conical, also a nine gallon capacity, stainless steel stand, sturdy butterfly dump valve at the bottom, and the best part it'll hold up to 35 psi so check it all out over at morebeer.com and thank them of course for being a part of the brewing network yes all right get updates over on our twitter and our facebook and our instagram I might have to do some Instagramming from the road. Oh, God. I might, I might, wow. have, you might wow. have to give me access to the account. Maybe you should just take pictures and send them to Kim. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to create a, a dummy account. So that way you can play I around think all I'm you doing want. It. Why do we have four <laughs> followers on Instagram? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to check that. So she could tell me, wow, you're doing so great. Our numbers are going up every day. I wouldn't, I'd be like, see? Some people call me a genius, Kim. <laughs> some. 
And just, just keep saying yeah. <laughs> it's good for me. Yeah. All right. Um, Able genius. You can send your feedback over to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. If you have show ideas, they can go there. Or, um, yeah, just whatever. Just send just all the anything, feedback. Really. Whatever you want to do. Man. Brewingnetwork.com. Yeah. Um, do I have a Twitter game? We do. Twitter game is brought to you today by GrogTag. You know, I'm about to read this. Norman Bates said it best. A boy's best friend is his mother. And while we can't say we agree 100%, we do think um, that this year mom deserves something cool and custom from GrogTag for Mother's Day. So go to GrogTag.com and shop from hundreds of templates covering all kinds of products that you can modify and make your very own. From coasters uh, of your baby pictures to beer and wine labels with last year's family reunion on them. To metal signs of her grandchildren. We have it all. Uh, they have it all. Mother's Day is on May 13th. To start creating over uh, to start creating over at grogtag.com, use coupon code BNARMY and save 10% on your order. That's grogtag.com and coupon code BNARMY to you save 10%. You did great. Thanks. God, I was wondering where that intro was going. <laughs> you wrote yeah. that. you got to work on your segues. <laughs> oh. You wrote that I, ad, didn't I you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Was, yeah. As soon as I read the line, I was like, oh, okay. I sent it to Todd, and I was like, look, this is me being super retarded, but I think it's hilarious. And he's like, yeah, whatever, dude. They don't even read them anymore. They're like, yeah, we don't have time for this. It seems fine. Oh, I think they're great. Wow, your examples oh. were really good. I, I was like, yeah, that's really good. That's a good connection. See, yeah. there you go. Oh, yeah, picture of the family reunion. Yeah. yeah. I kind of like, I got a little nauseous <laughs> on the family reunion thing. Yeah. Like, ugh. Who wants to be reminded of that? Right. Wow. All right. What's our Twitter game? <laughs> I'm dying right now. Um, I'm trying a new thing um, where I want to take a beer and I want to have everyone describe it in five words. Okay. I think it'd be fun. It's interactive. I get a lot of shit for people going, ah, I sent all this content into the winter game and I never get picked because you're not funny. Mm-hmm. So maybe this might help everybody be a little bit funny. So describe a beer in five words. This one is Pliny the Elder. Okay. So describe Planet of the Elder Me in five words, and, um, you know, we'll see what happens. All right. It might totally suck. Whatever. That's our Twitter game. Thank you. All right, let's move on to feedback. Feedback's brought to you today by our friend John over at the Beer Law Center. You can go to BeerLawCenter.com and check it out. He can take care of your trademark like he takes care of mine. Plus, he does TTB filings. Basically, everything you need to do in the beer law realm could probably even help you with some uh, legal employment type stuff. I don't even know. Go to BeerLawCenter.com and check it out. Plus, he wrote the book on beer law. He did. It's called Beer Law, I think. It is called Beer Law, you think. So It's called Beer Law, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. That's the book I would write. Beer Law, I think. Uh, don't do this dumb thing. Yeah. <laughs> Subtitled, Someone Called Me a Genius Once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, here we go. Amanda writes in, Hello, I stumbled upon the BN this summer and have not looked back since. Nice. Trudging through the archives seems daunting, um, but maybe someday I'll get there. She does say, As a young aspiring homebrew in Wisconsin, I was sorely disappointed when embarking on a short road trip and hoping for success, searched the archives for Wisconsin. Disappointed simmered, uh, disappointment simmered when I discovered that the only Wisconsin brewery you have talked to is Nuglaris. While Nuglaris is our flagship brewery and a good one at that, why just them? Why not Point Brewery? Why not? And then she lists a bunch of fucking brews. Why not Miller? Um, uh, she lists that too. Uh, she says, come on. In fact, um, Kim, if you'd shut your trap for a second. Wow. Oh. You her. Take that to HR. <laughs> she says, I am the law. She, <laughs> she says, come on. Wisconsin is, is even home to traditional favorites such as Miller, uh, Pabst, and Sprecher Brewing. Um, 
which is uh, for root beer and soda fans, mm. she says. Would it be so terrible oh, for oh. you to branch out to the Midwest? <laughs> yes. Hang on, let me let me try to uh, okay. just really engulf her. Yeah, for, you know. oh, yeah, channel her. Would it be so <laughs> terrible for you to just branch out to the Midwest and head to a state that literally brought beer to the mainstream? Would that be so bad? Where would we all be without Miller and Paps? Um, Where I asked, I don't know. <laughs> probably, probably fine because of Anheuser Busch. Thank you for mm, answering. You're welcome. <laughs> At least someone answered me. <laughs> My so cats sorry, don't Amanda. answer me. <laughs> Making me course. cry over here. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for writing in, Amanda. Yep. Um, it's a fine point that you make. However. Basically, the way things work around here is that we we often go on brewery recommendations. In fact, almost solely. Uh, The recommendations that come from us when we do the booking is is when we travel to places and taste the beer ourselves. And if we find an interesting story, uh, we bring it back. I will admit, I've never been to Wisconsin. Uh, Has anybody in here been to? uh, I was in Milwaukee uh, last August. Long time. Uh, Well, so you can blame Bevo and Kim. They've both been to Wisconsin. Neither one of them came. Back with a brewery recommendation. I came uh, back with cheese curds. Some people would not call them genius. Yeah. <laughs> we both no. talked about cheese. I, I accidentally went to Wisconsin. Also, what once. they're known for. So <laughs> he zigged when he showed his egg. Ended up crossing the river the and wound up in Wisconsin. Yeah, because it includes recommendations. There are some recommendations for which I can reach out to. So for listeners everywhere, believe it or not, even though we do like to make fun of almost everything and every place, we we don't uh, discriminate against where breweries are from. Um, and and while you may not have found a lot of Midwest breweries on our uh, shows, it's because they haven't been placed on our radar. And we don't just go through randomly. You basically cannot get on the show without a recommendation from somebody. And then we, we follow up on that recommendation to find if there's a, a real story there. So, so the truth is, Amanda, I think you could blame your uh, fellow Wisconsins Ooh. for not... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Wisconsinholics. Okay, that sounds, sounds right. right yeah. um, feels right, too. For never sending in another uh, Wisconsin recommendation yeah. other than New Glarus. And, and believe it or not, uh, I'm sure you'll believe it, we've repeatedly gotten New Glarus uh, <laughs> recommended. So... Yeah. Um, you know, we'll take a look at some of the of the the ones you listed here. Possibly not Miller or Paps, but um, who knows? Yeah, and to be honest with you, I know so little about Wisconsin, I don't even know how to spell it. <clears throat> right. So thank you to Google. Let's a shout out to Googs. Big ups to Googs. Also for, a genius. Google. Not right, for auto correcting me. Uh, it's not Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin. Sin. Sin. Right. It the would be sin a sin mm-hmm. to not have breweries on from Wisconsin. <laughs> right. That's how you can remember it. I'm surprised you guys didn't, uh, haven't gotten a recommendation for lakefront people lose their minds over lakefront what are we talking about real estate it's a huge um, beer hall so it's like they keep that traditional aspect but it's everywhere everyone knows about them it's packed solid all the time i had to get a reservation to go wow yeah um but that's uh they distribute next okay all right. But cool. one of the bigger names out there. Okay. All right. Well, well there, there you go. go. So, you know, we'll look at some of these Wisconsin breweries. Right. And then never I'll put them on. Yeah. All right. J.R. writes in. Junior. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, it's J capital R. Oh. No, he just wrote in Junior, and then that's it. <laughs> Love J.R. Um, 
This must be about the show where Love is Gone. He says, seriously, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Uh, lullabies on the session? Yeah. What oh, the F terrible. is wrong with you people? <laughs> you terrible. make me drink. I've grown up with, with you all since the beginning, and I have a kid. But for God's sake, please don't talk about kids' music or baby lullabies. One more effing lullaby talk, and I'll kill myself. And that would be a real bummer, because my beer-drinking days would then be over. I wonder if this qualifies as beer as lullaby talk, because then our rest in peace, bro. Like, we'll Put reach out. Yeah, we'll pour one out for you, homie. Well... Listen, JR, I have something to say about this, too. I did tune into the program, mm-hmm. and I was really bummed that I couldn't play along, because I was doing great <laughs> oh. in my kitchen in Fort Collins, and I, and I was so like, bad. oh, i got to have JP bring back the lullaby game, because I was kind of killing it over there. I like it. Um, All right, I'm glad. It was a fun game. Good. I thought it was a good time. Yeah. Good I can time. see JR's point, because uh, you know we're kind of, we've always been uh, sort of a getaway, right, exactly. uh, from, yes. from the rest. And now... Now that uh, that some of us are growing up, true. Uh, it's it, we now we're like falling into the thing that that people used to listen to us to get away from. So do do we? I don't have the answer to this. this yeah. retor- do do we evolve as we evolve here on the program, or do we stick to our roots and just always we act like the dipshit distraction? Just, be, yeah, I, I don't, if you have a baby, you're out unless you're Beva. That's right. Shit. I don't think we need to to evolve because we've done the lullaby game. I think even. As far back as in the garage. Oh, that sounds familiar. We've done because there it wasn't wow. the same. It wasn't the same uh, brand or whatever. But I think we did play a version of like Metallica songs done yeah. as lullabies, and and they because, might be giants. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. um, eat it, Jr. And yeah. we should evolve a little bit because if we haven't, we'd be you know we'd be saying a lot of dick jokes and dropping some you know still yeah, yeah. some 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 things. So you know it's fine to. To grow, but I can only grow up so much. That's why I had a kid, so it can grow up for me. Right. And I can surpass you. Still be, you know. In like six weeks. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, let me do this. Uh, Our email is feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com, and I'd like to hear our listeners' viewpoint on this. As we grow up, uh, do you you want us to share those parts of our lives, or do you just still want to hear the parts where Beardy falls face first out of an Uber and knocks his teeth out? Um, You let me know. And it's not going to change anything. <laughs> right. I would like to hear it. Um, <laughs> Maybe percentages, like 80-20. Is that what we're talking here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going like, to spend the whole show on it. But, <laughs> you know. Next Why week, not? baby lullabies. Right. All and right. They're, and they're superstitions. <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I would like that. <laughs> Very superstitious. Uh, don't shake the baby. Oh, that's just science, huh? That, well, that's mm. just, yeah, that's just goodwill. That's what, it's like, you know, good baby <laughs> You know, habits. It's not. It's not bad luck. If you no. shake a baby. It's but just... what you can do instead of shaking it, spin it on your finger like a basketball. <laughs> and that, thing? my friend, is amazing fun. It's good fun. It, it puts them right to sleep. Right. Their eyes roll around a little bit, and they close them, and it's a good time. That sounds fun. Thank you. All right. Uh, our next listener writes in, dear BN Worders. BN Worders. Is it supposed to be Wonders? Because it says Worders. Oh, Neaters. I think like N word. <laughs> what? B N worders. Oh, my network. Get it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bev wrote this. I think Bev is the genius. <laughs> I didn't, but that was so like, good. We didn't even get it. I'm great at word searches and word jumbles. I'm really good at them. 
<laughs> I'm so great at racist word jumbles. Yeah. Want to play words with friends? Yeah. It was that was one of those moments where, like, as I was yeah. saying that I Listen, knew what he was talking about, oh, I was like, stop it, stop it, stop you it. You can spell Hitler however you like. I'm going to get it every time. Yeah. Two T's, one T. I don't care. Yeah. Let's you and me. We, I need to. I need to find a coder. I want to start a, an app called Words with White Friends. Oh my God. This is Beverly. Yeah. I'm a Christian. <laughs> Big ups to God. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. So this listener says, I really liked the what fest back in March. Huh? So what? he's from like Copenhagen or something. So I think there's a translation thing happening. But I... oh, I know about this festival. Okay, okay. so it's called the What Fest. What? Um, yeah, I was in Copenhagen. 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 Oh God, I need, I'd go to I Copenhagen. Need to go. Uh, I was in. Okay. <laughs> I can't tell if it's writing or me. He's it's broken. a combination it's of both. both. <laughs> Maybe next time you could. This is just nonsense. I, I was. <laughs> I was in from Copenhagen, yeah. and what? Maybe next time you can turn down the volume of your cover band. Jesus effing Hitler Christ. He says. Wow. Oh. Wait, that's a song. Um, shut the f ups, Kolsch. Seem to have a bit astringent finish. But I have not been to Cologne yet. Is he talking about your beer, Beardy? I would... I'm guessing. Why am I reading this person's email? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Sounds like you can't read that person. I thought it was yeah. funny. I don't know. You should run it through Google Translate again and maybe yeah. get it right this time. All right. I think he's he's just covering everything he's heard us say in the last 13 years into a two-paragraph email. Now, typically, I'm yelling about people writing too much. Uh, I think that um, yeah. he has signed off as drowning in oxidized overhopped beer in Copenhagen. Um, D-I-O-O-H-B-I-C. I think that you have uh, concised it too much uh, yes. into one um, little thing and because I, I can't understand I, but he does oh. say Viva La Lager Resistance. There you go. Oh. I understand that, I guess. Well, That's right, Warren. He sounds yeah. like a great guy. <laughs> yeah, I love him very much. I want to adopt him as a friend. Well, I don't think he liked your beer, Beardy. So do you still, I mean. At the what fest? I he's talking about you. At the what fest? What fest? I don't oh, know. Somebody, do you have a beer over in, in Copenhagen or something? Uh, not, not that I know of. Oh. Maybe he's tasting some. Wouldn't that be great? Gray market. That's, that's the next level, like, uh, you know, um, counterfeit beer. Like, a bunch of counterfeit wines. Just like Loma beer. Just with like right. alternate label slapped on. No, yeah. I, I got it right from them. Yeah. Let's pour it. Yeah. Let's take it to a fest. Yeah. Wow. For some unknown reason. So you yeah. can make zero dollars at it. Yeah. All right, we got to get Good to times. a break. Uh, yeah. Before we do that, go to NeshaminiCreekBrewing.com. We love Neshaminy Creek, and they've been on the Philly Beer Map since 2012. They've taken home four Philly Beer Scene Magazine Awards, um, killed it, and, and, and three Brewery of the Years. Two-time GABF Vienna-style lager winner, um, also bronze for their smoke lager. They've also got a large, expanded, and recently renovated tap room with 24 beers on tap, 18 of which are rotating and seasonable beers. Uh, variety of beer styles from hoppy double ice PAs to sessionable, poundable lagers. Um, man, my, my words today. Uh, free right. brewery tours on Sunday. Check out NeshaminiCreekBrewing.com. I got to do like those exercises, you know, like, you know, where you, oh, like, the warm up. Uh, yeah. The, I usually don't the slit, do I sheet, the sheet, I slit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm off today. 
okay, so we're going to take a, a break, and when we come back, Kim Shimke will be hosting the show while I... I think she's going to be gone. I was like, oh, no. man, it's going to be a good show. She's going to... Sounds like Justin's going to be gone, too. So. I'm, I'm going to be gone. Kim Shimke's going to be hosting the show. That's what I was getting at. Oh, okay. Get it now? Well, I'll... Here you go. Buttons and stuff? Kim, I'll be your second chair. Let's go. Get in there. Jip can handle the buttons. Yeah, I can, I'll push buttons all day long, dude. There you go. Yeah, when we come back, though, we're going to be talking to Joel Van Paris about California employment laws yeah. as they relate to breweries. So you professionals, get your notebooks out. We're going to give you a little bit of education. Maybe you, too, can be a genius. I'm stoked, man. I'm honestly stoked about it. All right, hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Brewcasters on The Brewing Network. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs. Swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? First Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. Brewing great beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com Brewers Publications All the best on beer and brewing. 
Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold. 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brandon Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing Beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larkspur, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. program and thanks so much for sticking with us and thank you to white labs for always being a supporter of the brewing network they've just released a mobile app by the way so whether you're a home brewer searching for your next strain or a professional placing an order white labs mobile app has something for everyone key features include an easy to navigate ordering system custom culture calculator to determine appropriate pitch rates um, and a homebrew store locator so check it all out up to the minute inventory available and more download the new white labs mobile app for iPhone or Android by searching White Labs in the in the App Store. The Ipe Store. God. That's my favorite store. I did exercises while I was in the bathroom. And, uh, yeah, it, it, helped, it helped a little. But. I, I think it was just more of a reaction from the burning. <laughs> well, hopefully our uh, our guest tonight uh, has, has better speech than I do on tonight's program so he can carry us through. We've got Joel Van Paris on the program. Joel, are you with us? Yes, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you. Now, uh, I hope I'm going to say this right. Uh, uh, Joel is from Carruthers, DeSante, and Freudenberger Law Firm. That's right. All right. That was pretty close there, That's right? pretty good. Wow. I've got that language thing figured out. Okay. I'm kind of impressed. Yeah, I usually just shorten it to CDF to make it easy for oh, everybody. Easy. There we go. <laughs> CDF. Uh, now, Joel, you are a uh, legal professional, a lawyer, but a legal professional in the... Um, in the world of employment law in California. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Um, Now, Joel's here to talk to us about, uh, as we've said, different uh, employment laws as they relate to breweries, of course, because uh, we're a beer show. And, Joel, just so you know... Uh, just so that you don't go try feeding us any bullshit here. <laughs> uh, our social media director apparently is way overqualified um, because she, too, is a employment law professional, although not a lawyer. Do I have this right? I, I'm not a lawyer. Okay. Almost. No, I attended a yeah. conference. So she attended a conference once, Joel. I'm not a lawyer. I just sue a lot. I'm actually a part of the CLA. I don't know how I got on that email list, but apparently I'm a member in some regard. I don't okay. Know. So. so you, yeah, well, great. You have a great. cross checker here. Yeah. <laughs> way, way to threaten our guest yeah, already. That's great. Justin Thank started you. it. I did. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. You know, she she Snapchats by night and uh, yeah. does something legal during the day. <laughs> Is I that don't know. We didn't find out until today what she does. Attends conferences. <laughs> Attends apparently. conferences. Yeah. 
<laughs> I is important. So, uh, Joel, could could you give us a quick rundown of uh, you know what we might expect tonight and and why some of our brewery professional listeners you know might be interested in what we're about to talk about? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, what we've noticed, uh, our firm has worked with some breweries, and what we've noticed is that there are. Uh, some areas that everyone needs uh, could use a little help on, and so and, and they kind of break into three areas. One is kind of hiring and onboarding, and then there's sort of day-to-day management, and then separation from employment. And so there's kind of, a, for lack of a better term, kind of cradle to grave three areas uh, where where some issues come up where you know breweries can get risk under California law. And frankly, you know, we like to spend our time helping people get rid of that risk so they can concentrate on making good beer that we like to drink. Great. Do you find in any of these categories that, that, you know, breweries in particular are more at risk at at maybe doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, than, than say, your average mom-and-pop shop? You know, a lot of breweries are are, their home brewers. They have a dream. They they start out as, as young entrepreneurs. They just go for it. But so do tons of other small businesses. So I, I, I guess I just wonder if there's anything in particularly dangerous about, you know, the brewing industry. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there is. One of the areas that we've seen that is like that is to have um, a policy about uh, reasonable consumption of alcohol. Mm. So, and I know, you know, that makes people laugh right away. Um, but... You know, you can imagine, uh, just as an example, you have a, a brewery and they have a tap house and they've got, you know, 10 to 15 employees and they don't have a policy that addresses reasonable consumption of alcohol on the job. You right. know, it happens. Um, and and so they need, they need to have something that addresses that point. Okay. That's an excellent example, and I can tell already that I'm going to have some questions for you on things like that as we go. Um, because, sure. um, And I'm just going to throw it out here now, but then I'm going to let you keep going. But um, as you talk about policies and things like that, I just want to sort of give one piece of advice that I was given that I found a little strange, but it made sense at the same time. And, and that is almost that every policy you make, you, you have to be very careful even then, uh, and if you if you haven't had your policy vetted, if you haven't had a lawyer look at it, if you haven't set these policies legally, you're almost putting yourself in worse position than not setting policies at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense, uh, and that was, by the way, that piece of advice was given to me when I was looking into an employee handbook, uh, which we've since written. <laughs> yeah. But they that's were like, a, "Be very careful uh, that about can an employee." Be very accurate. Okay. You yeah. know, if you've got something that is uh, that violates the law, it's worse to have something that that violates the law than to have nothing at all. That's that's certainly true. Sure. Or things, by the way, that you maybe put down in writing but didn't follow yourself as an employer. That's the worst. You know, and then here you are, like, well. You guys are the ones that said to do this. Right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. uh, sorry yeah. I never wrote the handbook. We <laughs> went into yeah. that a lot. And, yeah. and, you know, that kind of goes along with uh, being, you know, like you said, a startup, a uh, smaller type of business, because a lot of times you put some policies in place. And, you know, the last thing you want to do, let's say, you you know, you have a dress code, for example, or something in your tab house. And the last thing you really want to do is 
go around and bother people and enforce that. Yeah. Um, and then you have the one employee who sort of takes it to the to to a level beyond that's reasonable to you. Right. And then it's hard to do something about it because you haven't enforced it otherwise. That's an excellent point. All right. Well, why don't we dive into it and, and kind of this first part that you mentioned and, and even the, the hiring and onboarding of employees, which seems simple enough, right? You, you, know, you fill you know. out a thing and then you go, you're hired and then you <laughs> yeah. show for work the yeah. next day, right? That's how it works. Yeah. So talk That's to us. Really about, <laughs> give us some of the, the do's and don'ts here, please. Sure. So, um, you know, everyone's familiar with, uh, I just try to imagine the scenario, you know, you're, you're, uh, brewer runs into, uh, you know, uh, a friend that they had from high school. Maybe they see him somewhere, and you've got an open position. And the guy says, "Oh, I'd really like to come work for you." And you know, say, "We'll come by and fill out an application, uh, and and we'll interview you." Uh, and so, the, the one thing that I like to tell people right out: just some quick things not to do on the application. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't ask for a prior salary. And don't ask about criminal history Hmm. and don't ask for their social security number. And, Hmm. and, you know, there are a lot of, you can go online and find sample employment applications that will have these things on there. Right. So people have to be really careful about that. Now, can I ask specifically about the criminal history point? And the reason I ask... You know, I was told my whole life, like, you know, don't get don't get busted if you have it. You'll never get yeah. a job if you have a felony. Right, right. And now I feel like my parents were lying to me, and yeah. I could have kept selling cocaine or something. <laughs> right. uh, but I was worried I would never get a job. Be- why do people say that if you can't even ask about a criminal record? So you can uh, – the way that the law works right now is in that application process, you can't ask about uh, criminal history. But once you make – uh, you can make an offer of employment, mm-hmm. and you can make that contingent on a criminal background check. I see. But even then, the criminal background check, you have to give a series of notices to the person that you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And that, and then depending upon what you're looking for, uh, you know, what you intend to to get as far as information goes, yeah. you have to explain to them what you found. And then you have to, um, you know, tell them if you made a decision based upon that information and they get a chance to sort of take a look at that and say, yeah, that's not right or you had that wrong. Right. Um, And so it's a very complex process. And um, and there's all, you know, really, if folks are going to do that, there are third parties that can help you get you know, sort of step through those different notices and things. I see. Because if one of those little parts is wrong, then you've got, you know, somebody has a claim against you. And so it's, I actually kind of like this. You're you're really preventing us from pre-discriminating. Because you know, just right. yeah, because just that question. Yes, I have a criminal record. I could pre-discriminate already and not know all the details. Maybe maybe there's an asterisk next to that criminal record. Maybe something didn't actually happen. Any number of things could have happened, and it keeps me from pre-discriminating. Yeah, now that's exactly the. I mean, you sound a lot like the California legislature. That's exactly what they. <laughs> that's what they say. Okay. What about knowing the sa- the previous um, job salary? falls into that yeah so that is a new law a relatively new law and the idea there is that you prevent some pay discrimination from happening uh by you know by preventing some people from taking a look at what the prior salary is um 
And if it's offered to you, you know, if the person comes in and says, you know, I was making $15 an hour at my last job, and so I'd really like to make that here, you know, you don't have to cover your ears and go, nah, 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 don't tell me. Okay. But just don't ask for it on the application. Got it. That's actually because it puts women at a disadvantage because most women start at a lower rate for oh, jobs. So this was, no, this is exactly why this law exists and it went into effect this year. I see. And same with the criminal box that you have to now leave off an application. I'm intrigued by this because I kind of sense that, like, the more these policies and laws are happening, there's actually a lot that are taking away the rights, as I see it, of the employer. Like, I, you know, I think of that discriminating against um, someone with a criminal background, depending on what the actual job is, uh, you should have that right. Like, if the job is with children um, and you're an employer, then I think you should be able to have that right, especially from the get-go, because then you're just... It seems like you're wasting everyone's time. So if they've committed a crime, you've gone all the way through the entire recruitment, hiring process, and you make that, that formal offer, and then you have to go back and do that all over again, because it is contingent, you can still... Uh, rescind the offer once you find that out, then wh- how is that not wasting time? I mean, I understand why well, it exists, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I see both sides, and I feel like that's kind of taking away that right from the employer. Okay. Yeah, I I agree with you. It, it, it does add a lot of time and resources. You need resources to step through all those uh, notices and, you know, come out the other side. And really, it's more complex than that because – if you have, uh, if if it comes back that the person uh, had a felony, and you cannot just say, as the employee, you can't just say, well, they had a felony, and I'm not going to hire them. You you have to go through an analysis of whether or not that felony is essentially whether it, whether it really matters for the job that you're going to give them. So, you know, if the person. Um, is going to do your books at your brewery and they were uh, they had a felony f- because they embezzled some money at their previous employer then that's relevant to whether or not they can do your books if though it was five years ago and they're just going to move some kegs for you uh, 10 hours a week then it may not be relevant hmm. and you have to look at those on an individual basis and so you're definitely right it does add even if you don't get to that level it adds time and cost for employers okay ladies and gentlemen you are listening to uh joel van paris and getting a free legal education here about some employment laws i think you should pay attention because this could cost you a a lot of money yeah (laughs) at at minimum go apply for kim's job and get rid of her as as her job (laughs) there you go Uh, okay, so what's next? That's sort of what not to do on the on the application process, and, and probably even ask in the interview process. What about when we're ready to make an offer? So uh, I like to tell my clients when you you make an offer, and it's helpful to give the person an offer letter. You know, you kind of imagine someone going, "Okay, what is my job? How much am I going to make? Uh, what's my title?" And you should just put those things right in the offer. Uh, you know, here's your pay, here's your title, you know, your part-time or your full-time and what exactly that means because, you know, a lot of people seem to think that there's a sort of a legal definition to that, but you could define that anyway. You know, working part-time for your brewery, that could be 10 hours a week or 
20 hours a week, however you'd like to define that. Right. And that it's an at-will position. So this is a, you know, just a legal term that essentially means that uh, I, as the brewery owner, I can terminate you for any reason whatsoever, and you can leave the job for any reason whatsoever. Uh, and, you know, we put that in the offer letter, but really, if you spent any time around particularly in California, you know, there, there are lots of reasons that you couldn't terminate someone. Uh, I know I'm always surprised when people re you know, reiterate that it's an at will, you know, state like that where I can fire and, and, and you can quit yet. And this, in almost the same sentence, people go, well, don't do that in California. You better, you better right, document exactly. it. Right. I mean, I'm sure you could do a whole show on this, but isn't that the strangest thing when, when you as a lawyer have to say the words, uh, let's say to me as a client, um, you know, you can fire. The California law says you can in, in fire at will and your employees can quit at will. And then in the next sentence, you have to tell me all the ways maybe that I, I can't fire or better be careful about <laughs> right. firing somebody. Or take three months right. to get rid of someone. Isn't that, exactly. can, you, can you, I don't right. just I'll even elaborate a little on that discrepancy? Sure. So uh, it is confusing. I think the, the reason I ask uh, my clients to put at will in the offer letter is because uh, you don't want someone claiming that it that the their employment was for a certain term, uh, like a year, or you know three months or something like that. Okay. You want to be able to say no, it can end at any time, essentially. Yeah. And of course, I think there's some kind of idea that it adds into to lots of folks that they don't. Then they get in their head, oh, okay, well I better you know perform my job, better do a good job. Uh, I could go at any time. And so I think those are two good reasons. Mostly you don't want people thinking that it's a, you know, for a term of time, but you're absolutely right. You know, there's all sort of reasons, basically all of the reasons in the law with respect to, you know, certain with discrimination laws, why you couldn't, why you couldn't get rid of someone. But you still, I mean, you essentially would still have to prove wrongdoing by the law, right? So in other words, if I wanted to fire the lovely Kim Shimke here today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, sorry. Sorry about that. Is this hypothetical um, or real? Yeah. Let's just be I'm rude a contractor. Fingers crossed real. Okay. Fingers crossed real. And here's where I think it's weird. I could do it for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. But the truth is it better be for no reason at all when it comes to something legal. So she would have to prove, well, there was a reason, and that reason was illegal. I, I, I didn't like – I discriminated against her in, in some way, shape, or form or, or, or came to my decision based on something that was against the law. So, in other words, it is at will as long as there truly is zero reason whatsoever. I could <laughs> just say, today, you're, I'm firing you because that's what I would like to do. Perfect. <laughs> that that I think that's what you know. That's what the law. Um, I mean, that's what sort of the black letter of it says. But the reality is, is that no one really, no one gets fired for like you said, no reason whatsoever. Sure. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So what I like to do, to advise people is, you know, what you got to have a good reason, and you know, if that's because the person was showing up late on time, then we should be able to say that, you know, we should be able to, you should be able to explain to me on the phone. If you called me and said, I really want to terminate her, 
And I'd say, okay, why? And you say, well, she was, she's was she been late five times in the last week. Right. That makes sense. Okay. That's something that we can, you know, tell a judge and a jury. This is the reason. Because you can also, I have a friend who, who uh, at, at their, their place of employment several years ago, they had someone who they let go for, you know, at will, like, okay, we're, we're going to let you go. And mm-hmm. this person went to a lawyer to try to sue for wrongful termination. And the lawyer looked at the thing and said, oh, well, no, there's really no case there. But let me see your your pay stubs. Let me see all this, you know, mm-hmm. your payment information. Then it's like, oh, well, how many breaks did you get? Like they went and mm-hmm. hunted for a case Another and reason, ended up yeah. suing this other person's employer. And of course, the lawyers got 80% of the <laughs> of the fee. And so they ended up getting like two grand or three grand out of the thing. And the, the settlement was for like 50 grand. So it cost mm-hmm. that other company 50K. Right. Um, because like, but there once, were other laws being broken. There, yeah, but it was it's like the, the break laws, which it may be something to talk about also make sure your employees are getting breaks but but that's part of it too i think to have a game plan as to a reason why you don't don't just fire someone because you want to yeah because there are people out there who will hunt and sniff out a reason to try to take you to court yeah even though it is an at-will state right as a part yeah i think that brings up two things one like you said it's always good to have i i tend to think that people will even though they may be upset that you're terminating them if if you tell them, yeah, this is because you were late five times in the last two weeks, that makes sense. Yeah. And you can put that in a memo to them and, you know, they're not, they may fight you on it when you do and, you know, pretend that it doesn't make sense. But I think that, you know, if you're telling them something true, they realize that. That's a good point. Um, That's a great point. Do you have to tell them why you're firing them? Is that No, long? you don't, you hmm. don't have to. Uh, I think that it, it's very helpful though, because... It prevents someone from doing perhaps what your friend might did, right? Because mm. if you just tell someone, I'm terminating you today, and they don't think they've done anything wrong, and you haven't explained to them, then I, I think they are more likely to go into an attorney's office and yeah. have the same thing happen. That way, that's what, that exactly what you described. I sure. think you're right, too. Yeah. So in terms of wrongful termination, is the burden of proof always on the employee then? On that side? The burden of proof is on the employee in that situation. The employee has to come forward and say, essentially, here's why I think I was terminated. And there are, you know, lots of reasons why. It could be, uh, you know, discrimination or retaliation for complaining about harassment, um, and, you know, those types of reasons. And then... This is why I think it's very helpful to have thought through the reason why you're terminating someone because then then the burden can shift to you as the business owner to explain, here's why I terminated that person. And you have to be able to – it has to make sense. I mean, yeah. that's the bottom line. If we, you know, if we were all sitting in a room and someone told us, oh, I, I terminated that person because they were late five times in the last two weeks – and you know, it turned. They never told the person I was unhappy that you're late. Uh, you're violating our policies, or that there was any problem whatsoever. We would kind of go, yeah, well, that doesn't make sense. You know, they never told them it was a problem. Sure. So, that's kind of the background that happens when someone calls me and says, you know, I'm I'm thinking about terminating this person. We kind of go through that and figure out, okay, well, does our story make sense? 
Who would have thought that we would dive into the law and actually find some clarity today? Rather than uh, <laughs> right. this is fantastic, yeah. Joel. You're doing yeah. a great job, especially on this show. Is, is it different with a, a layoff? Like if you're laying it off because you just can't afford to keep the employee, mm-hmm. do you have to then? Is there a burden of proof on you to be like, well, here's why I can't afford to pay this person? You know, there are some situations where, uh, depending upon the size of the layoff, where that can that can happen. Uh, but in that situation too, you know, it's just, it kind of works the same. If you if you can't afford, you know, if you're downsizing a little bit and you can't afford it to have someone there, I think it's even more helpful to explain to, to just to tell the person in your termination letter. Here's the reason uh, we're letting you go. And uh, not only that, but I think it's important to tell them too. You know, if business picks up, because if business picks up, I'd be happy to have you back. Because yeah. if the real reason is that you're not making as much money as you'd like and things are changing, then, you know, it's not that person and you want to tell them that. That makes them feel better as they're going out the door. But be upfront because if it's that person, you're just firing them. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. Well, I believe for a layoff um, effective this year, it's uh, if you have 20 or more employees, you have to provide 60 days notice. Oh. Oh, right. Okay. So there are. There are some complex laws related to layoffs, depending upon the number of employees you have within certain sites and within geographic regions that can cause you to have to provide notice to people uh, in a certain certain number of days. There's California laws and federal laws that that apply to that. And so if you're having a relatively large layoff, it is – I highly recommend you actually go – you talk to an attorney about that. Okay. And, and then I just want to point out real quick, just backing up for a sec about the uh, the offer letter. Um, I have never once been given an offer letter, and I have had tons of jobs. I always thought of them as, as something that you get in the – if I had done, so, done something with my college degree besides drinking and talking about beer, I may have one day received an offer letter from a professional, uh, you know. Uh, but I've been a, a tire changer and a, a forklift driver and a bartender and, um, and uh, a server and you name it, and, and never once. And I guess I'm just putting a finer point on this because you're saying that even in the, in the brewery environment, Environment. Even if you're if you're yeah. hiring someone to drive the forklift, or you're, or you're hiring someone to clean kegs, that an offer letter can offer some clarity and and some protection, even in those positions. Yeah, I think so. And I don't think you know. I know it's it, it's a little bit of lift right at the beginning to to put that on paper. Yeah. Um, but once you do it once, you can kind of you know you swap it and out. And, you know, once you do it for Joe, then when you hire you know Matt, then you can just switch out the, the names but then it's very clear what the person's job is how much they're getting paid you know there's no dispute about it right. uh and you know that's the place too if you do want to go ahead with that criminal background check you put it right in the letter <laughs> you know making this offer and it's contingent on you passing this criminal background check i've Good heard point. bad things about that mad guy don't hire that dude Joel's <laughs> solid mm-hmm. but you know also bottom line i think it makes the employee feel good if you're applying for a job at a brewery as a keg washer because you want to maybe get up in the in the ranks and it's your first job or your second job or you maybe you've as we've heard many times on the show you've left your high paying job to be some wonk washing kegs because you want to be a a professional brewer yeah that's gonna make you feel kind of good I agree you know that gives well, both uh, well, parties some some peace of mind yeah, yeah. so. Okay, before I have to get us to break, Joel, what about, all right, so we've gone through all of that. The, let's say the, the offer has been accepted, and, and we're about to bring someone on board. What do we do then? 
so I like to uh, I like to have my clients provide the person with a job description. So uh, I think you should have a job description for you know various uh, jobs you have in your brewery, and then just meet with them and describe your expectations. Uh, like you, I you know I had a bunch of different jobs. I you know did drywall and you know worked in a pizzeria, a bunch of different things. And I never once, very rarely did the manager sit down and say, this is really what I'm looking for you to do. Right. Uh, but I think that's really helpful for a lot of the same reasons we've been talking about. It's just nice to have some clarity about what your job is, who your supervisor is, who they can ask questions to if they have a question about something. Um, and then the last thing there that fits within there is just provide them with the, your essential policies and information. And there are some of these policies that, uh, you know, if you've got over five employees, you have to have, like a policy about discrimination and harassment. Okay. And there are some that you have to have even if you have one employee, you know, paid sick leave, for example. Um, and then others that are just really good ideas to have, <laughs> um, you know, like we were talking about alcohol use on the job. Really good idea if you've oh. got a brewery to have something like that. Yeah, or a podcast at a bar. Joel, can I just say that so far, if you and I were sitting across a desk and you were grading me as we went as an employer, as we, and let me clarify that I'm not talking about the Hopkins, I'm talking about the Brewing Network, um, I would have a completely failing grade so far. <laughs> well, I can tell you that um, that doesn't make you, uh, that, I guess that makes you very much like lots of other folks in California. Great. Back to being average. <laughs> you know, I, I found the one thing I excelled at, and here I am back to being average. You know, some hey. used to call him a genius. <laughs> right. hey, at yeah. least he's grading you on a curve. Right. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, You're I failing, agree. but you're still C. Yeah. So, yeah. good for you. Yeah. My throat's really starting to hurt, Justin. Shut up, Eva. <laughs> wow. I have a quick question about the job description. Because so sure. many employers put on their other duties as assigned. <laughs> right. Which is like... Like, it could mean anything. Yeah, give me coffee. So, I mean, I get why that's on there, but at the same time, like, I mean, I guess it would depend on the per, uh, depend on the percentage, right, of, like, whatever new task someone's doing that they could say, like, hey, this was not part of my job. It's not what I was hired to do. And the employer could say, well, actually, you were covered under the other duties as assigned. This is what we were talking about when we said that. Like, Yeah, from that perspective, the, the job description is really not supposed to define for the employer employee, here's the only things you'll be doing. And I think people put that on there just so that they can do stuff like say, can you, can you run here and get me some coffee or something like that? Mm. Um, but it, it more so is to help you uh, tell the person, here's what I'm mostly going to ask you to do. And then later, if, you, if for some reason the person isn't doing their job, you want those essential things to be on there so you can point to the job description and say, see, I told you you were going to have to give me coffee, and you're really bad at that. So <laughs> terrible at it. that's really – that's the point of the having that job description. Okay. If, for example, I have harassed Bevo – Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Joel, Bevo is Beverly. I spoke to you earlier today. Oh, yeah. So you know. <laughs> yeah. oh. We so, have a rapport, Justin. I just want you to know that. If, for example, I have harassed her yeah, for right. years and she find, she has found it funny the whole time, but one day decides <laughs> it's, it's not funny anymore. Um, and we're talking, you know, a good 13 years into it here. Yeah. What would happen then? Yeah. And I'm, I'm, uh, I know I'm being thing. kind of, I'm, I know I'm being a bit facetious, but, but also, 
seriously, what if an employee goes along with it for a while, and then all of a sudden, and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about you know, some inappropriate jokes or rapport, things like this, but then all of a sudden it becomes, well, now I don't like it anymore. Have you run across that, and, and what does happen then? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that what you described, I think, is not an uncommon way for things to come to my desk as litigation. Okay. Because yeah. I think things um, things can happen for a long time that uh, the person, for whatever reason, might be willing to put up with, or it doesn't actually bother them, and then things change in their life, or they get fed up, or right. yeah. you know, and and all of a sudden it does. And then when they come and see me, it's, you know, yeah, the most recent thing that everyone can agree on, that, that that's not good. Sure. But then there's a long list of things that, that get built into that. Okay, well, this program's over. <laughs> As is the Brewing Network. <laughs> Just kidding. Bevo's stuck with me for life no matter what, so don't worry, Joel. You're not going to get a call from her. I've blocked your number on all our phones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He just did the uncomfortable laugh. He's like, <laughs> I mean, I can't make a claim on her behalf. Yeah. All right, let me do this so everybody can catch their breath. We're going to take a quick break, Joel. When we come back, uh, maybe we can talk about some of the, now we've got an employee, and, and what about some of the day-to-day things that happen? Right. Okay. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, more with Joel, more on, on beer law or, or employment law as it, as it relates to breweries, too, yeah. in California. We'll be right back. It's the session. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and a home brewer's answer book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the brewingnetwork.com. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star treatment today. 
Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature march pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20 gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your Brew Easy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman kettle cart. The Brew Easy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your Brew Easy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new Brew Easy all grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. This is Corey King from Side Project Brewing, and you're listening to the session on the Brewing Network. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for sticking with us. This next segment is brought to you today by craftbeer.com, dedicated to telling the stories behind America's small and independent breweries. Meet the men and women behind Americans. America's beer renaissance by visiting craftbeer.com. All right, and you know that we've been talking to Joel Van Paris uh, from CDNF. Right? There we go. Right? CDF. Yeah, CDF. There we go. Uh, and we're talking about employment laws here in California and how they uh, relate to breweries. And I do believe we were just about to dive into the part where we've actually hired someone, and now we're into the, the day-to-day stuff. What can you what can you tell us about this part? Yeah, so uh, I think there are. I think this is the area where you get the biggest what I what I call the biggest risk areas, um, and those are timekeeping and meal periods and rest breaks. Ah. Um, I also like to tell people here about performance management, and this is where also where the reasonable alcohol use policy can come in. Sure. Um, but those two areas, timekeeping and meal periods and rest breaks, I think we already talked about it here. That's Those are the biggest areas. We see lots of uh, cases in those areas. And why do people mess that up? To me, that's the stuff that I don't even have to call a lawyer about, right? Because it's pretty <laughs> clear in the law. Um, in fact, I think I'm looking at it on the wall of my place of business right now. It has to be, it has to be posted. That's why I'm being serious, Joe. Why is this such an issue here? But you can, can you read it? <laughs> right. I I think uh, I think it's very challenging. That's okay. that's one of the things. So I had a I had a case where um, the the employer said told all the employees do not do not use your cell phones for work. I don't want you guys texting each other messages that would be helpful for you know when you're off the job. And um, someone brought a case and said, yeah, you know what I I got I was I, I left work, but I did a whole bunch of work. Uh, that I wasn't paid for because after I left work every day, my supervisor would text me and say, hey, did this happen? Hey, what happened here? Mm. And I responded to all those. Uh, um, and that can be work. I see. And then, you know, you got to pay the person for all that time. That's a good point. So you're saying it would be a good policy to say don't text each other about work. I think you can. I think it depends. You know, I have other, I have other clients that have decided that, that – 
the horse is really out of the barn on that, and they so they reimburse people mm-hmm. for their cell phone use every month right. because they find it to be helpful. Yeah. Uh, can, so, can you... but I think that timekeeping is really hard. It's people. It's very easy for people to claim. I guess I shouldn't say timekeeping is not hard. You're like, yeah, you're right. You punch in, you punch out. But remote timekeeping gets thing. complex. You know, if you're if you're not on site to punch in, it is where it gets complex. That's right, and yeah. it's very easy for people to claim that they were working. Uh, you know, after they clocked out, or you know, before they clocked in every day, they got to work and had a conversation with their supervisor, and then went to their desk and clocked in. Right. Um, yeah, and. Or we see a lot of cases where the person will say, you know, uh, I clocked out for my meal period, but I didn't feel like I could get all my work done, and so I just had to work through my lunch. And, you know, because you put so much pressure on me to get my work done, I couldn't take the break. And that happens a lot, too. Remember when you just had to work from the morning until yeah. the night? And it, that's just what you did. Oh, the good old days. Ah. I remember at Starbucks we had a lot of problems with, with breaks. Like as a shift supervisor, you were expected to work through your breaks. You had you had to break everybody else. Oh. And if you had a tough shift and you work in the morning shift, that was our hardest. We were the busiest store in the region. Ah. So oftentimes I wouldn't be able to take my 15s or even half my lunches because I had to break everybody else because they had to go home and I was there for eight hours or whatever. So it's, I mean, it's, it's super relevant, but you can't, this is the dirty secret in being that kind of middle management position because you can't tell anybody, you can't tell the regional, the manager, you can't tell your supervisor that that's happening Hmm. because it's their fault, but they expect you to do it. Right. You're breaking the rules by doing it. You're not supposed right. to be doing that. You're supposed right. to take your break. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because that's what people have got companies have gotten sued. Otherwise you go back on class that. action lawsuits have happened over that. I think that happened for like Cheesecake Factory recently. They had a big class oh, action yeah. suit about that. I Joel, you could you know, of course correct me if I'm wrong here, but I would think I, I think that some of those major lawsuits have happened since you were in that position at Starbucks. Yeah, and yeah. it that sort of blatant violation must be at least less common now that some of those big cases have come out. What do you think, Joel? I think that it is uh, the violations are less blatant now than than they were, you know, five, six, ten years ago. Yeah. I think that that's true. I think people though. You know, they tend to want to ple- – if you're in the middle management position like that, um, you tend to want to please your supervisor and get the work done. That's – people want to do that. Yeah. And so I think, you know, the company really has to make it clear to people, that's not what I want you to do. I, I really – I appreciate you really wanting to work hard, but I do need you to take your break. Right. And I don't have a problem. If you told me, yeah, I'm having a tough time taking my break because of this or that, I'm going to then make – I'm going to change things so that you you are able to do it or right. you know manage the situation so that that can happen for you. What if um, an employee blatantly refuses? You see this a lot in the restaurant business and mm. and they're just like, "You know what? I hear you. I know it's the law. I really don't want to I don't want to take my break. I w- I just want to work and go home." Is it legal for an employee to say or employer to say, okay, if that's what you'd like to do, I can't stop you. So uh, technically, the only thing the employer has to do is make the opportunity available for the person to take that, you know, at least that 30-minute meal period. 
uh, you know, if they're going to work over six hours. So hmm. if you went to the person and you said, you know, Joe, uh, you've been working for five hours now, and here's your opportunity to take your 30-minute meal period, um, I've got you covered, go ahead and take it. And Joe says, I hear you. Um, I really don't want to do that. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, I, I understand your point. I'm just going to keep working. If, if later Joe sued you, I would, we, we would defend you and say, we told Joe he could take it. Yeah. We made it available for him to do it. We didn't violate the law. That was Joe's choice. Right. And that is certainly a defense to those types of claims. You can tell just from the way I set that up, that's not really, you know, that doesn't happen too often like that. Right. In most situations, we find that, you know, a person is sort of, um, if they're abusing the meal periods and, you know, employers are telling folks, you got to take them just as a sort of a risk management uh, technique yeah. because they don't want to end up in that situation where they're getting sued for this. So they do tell employees, you need to take it, and they're not. Then it becomes a disciplinary issue because they're really violating your policy. If your policy is you take the break, I see, and they're not. It sounds weird, but you then you discipline them for violating your policy. They're not listening to you. Sure. See, I, and I'm sorry to dive into this a little bit. I just there, this one is such a weird thing in the restaurant industry. I would worry, even in the example that I gave and that you answered, I've offered, "Hey Joe, you can take your break." And he says, no, no, no. That there's always a defense later that says, well, yes, I said no to taking my break, but it's because I, I still felt pressured. Like all my, oh, none right. of my, none of my other employees took their break. So I felt like a jerk if I would take my break. There was a lot of pressure. Do you see what I mean? That like, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a yeah. weird area where it's the law to take a break, but then you have these, these outside forces, right? Like you're, your your peers and your coworkers not taking their break, but maybe you want to take yours. Right, and that's that's why um, most companies that we work with, they just tell people they need to take them. Yeah. They schedule them and it, they make them take them. Right, uh, and that way you avoid a situation like that. You know, sort of peer pressure or for any reason whatsoever. It just you you can then keep track oh the person clocked out they went on their break they clocked back in you know 30 minutes later and that's your proof that that they you complied with the law okay all right well speaking of compliance can we talk about kind of like performance management a little bit too in terms of um you know i always wonder what kind of disciplinary actions can be taken and and when they should be taken and and are they being done just so there's documentation of of company policy not being followed can you kind of walk us through some of that when 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 things start to go awry with an employee sure i think um i think it's important to have a set of rules that you a policy and some rules about sort of rules of the road for employees you know don't falsify employment records uh, you know, one. theft, and <laughs> you know, don't steal our stuff. Another good one. Don't, <laughs> don't be insubordinate. Right. Uh, you know that. One. And then, if someone violates one, you kind of have to develop a, a feeling about when something reaches a level where you feel like you need to discipline someone, and that could be a note to them 
uh, you know, just saying you violated our policy. Here's exactly what you did, and here's when you did it, yeah. and talking with them about that, and that you know goes in their goes in their file. Um, versus just you know you've got some day to day performance management that could be well he's not exactly doing that job the best way. Let me show him how to do it the best way. Um, that's a little bit different. If someone violates one of your policies. Um, I think that you should uh, do some type of written disciplinary notice to the person and sit down and, and tell them about it. And it's really, I think it's for a couple of reasons. One being, like you said, you were going to document that. So a year later, if it's still a problem and you come to see me and you say, I'd really like to terminate this guy. Um, I, and I say, okay, why? You go, well, um, you know, he's, again, he violated our dress code this many times, and this last one was really bad, but you don't have any notes, uh, no paper to, to have documented that process. Right. If you imagine ourselves in front of a judge, uh, this is what I like to, you know, a client calls and asks, and I say, well, just imagine we're in front of the judge right now, and he says, okay, well, what what happened, and explain it to me. And if it wasn't important enough for you to put down on paper and tell the person when it happened, sure. then it becomes much harder to tell the judge, well, this was really important to me that he violated this policy. Right. Hmm. What JP, you know, I was I think... really upset when you weren't funny uh, about 12 minutes ago <laughs> oh. in, in the program. Well, I've written it down on this yeah, post-it sign, note, sign and I've dated it, Oh, and I'm going to put it in your file. Are you sure you wrote it down? Because it just looks like a smear of booger. You're, it's, I wrote he's going it down, to create a file, and, and then he's going to put that in your it. Your file's right here next to the waste bin. Oh, okay, great. All right. <laughs> where I keep all your other personals. Perfect. I, I appreciate that very much, the detailed location oh, about where it is. so warned, okay. I'm wondering what happens if after you discipline an employee, if that employee insists on calling you daddy. Is that weird? <laughs> or not? I yeah, just... that actually might be harassment. Then you got then you have another problem. Oh, that. a countersuit. Wait, is yeah. that the employee harassing the employer? Thank yes. you for thank you yeah. for disciplining me, Daddy. <laughs> I knew this show was like we were just we were we were peaking. Uh that's a valid question. I think it's a super valid Actually, question. Joel Especially. gave you a valid answer. There you go. I, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was kidding. I was going to do fine. the same. No. How about so? That covers sort of documenting what went, what went wrong. But what about any kind of disciplinary action? You know, there's suspensions. There's, I mean, write-ups, probation. uh, probationary periods. Like, yeah. That's always a weird area for me. It's like how to navigate um, what are the consequences of violating some of these rules when you don't just want to, you don't want to terminate an employee. You have a good employee um, who has maybe uh, either for a first time or sometimes repeatedly violated a policy they just can't seem to, to get a grip on. You're asking Joel to, to teach you how to be a manager. Yeah, I think. of course and that's, I <laughs> Out of his purview, I think. If they're but, a good employee, hmm. why do they keep repeatedly doing the thing that they're not supposed Burn. to Kim, point, actually, one point. You know what? It happens. I think it happens a lot, actually. You can have employees that are that are great at certain things and have difficulty grasping uh, other things. And not in this so, Now, I'm not talking about big, giant, blatant violations that simply can't be done on a job. But there are, there are company policies that might be a little more subtle. 
um, that, that employees uh, take a little while to get a hold of. So you're talking about a performance thing, not a, like a deliberate act. Yeah, yeah, more of a performance thing. Yeah, okay. they just don't yeah. get the job. They yeah. have trouble with because the job. If, yeah. fact, if it didn't happen, there wouldn't be such a thing as a write-up like Joel's talking about. Yeah. It clearly happens. Otherwise, there no. would just be, you get terminated all the time. You could be great at cleaning cakes, you know. but you can't clean a fermenter for shit. So yeah. they move, move you back to cleaning cakes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's a whole other process that you would go through, you know, for just to manage someone's performance if they're not violating policies, but they're just, like you said, not doing the job well. No, I uh, guess I mean policies, though. I know give us we, an example. Th- that's give a management thing. Example. Well, <laughs> uh, I just have the question, not the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, how do we get JP's jokes to be better? <laughs> well, so, impossible. So go ahead. Joel. I have. I had an example, and this could. Uh, I have I have an example. So I there was a um, a case I worked on where uh, th- there was a guy who didn't do his job. He didn't do his job well. He wasn't really bad. He didn't do his job well, but he would also violate various policies uh, just from time to time. It was never the same thing, and they documented it pretty well. And uh, you know they'd write him a write him a note and say you didn't do this right or. It, or so that's kind of one thing they did. Other times they would meet with him, pers- you know, just meet and then have a note to sort of um, a personal file they had to say, "Here, I met with this guy again, and he's not doing the job right." Because that's kind of the first step is just meet with the person, telling them that you violated the policy, if it's not that big a deal. Yeah. And then if it's a more serious violation, you put it down on paper. Um, and I, I think one thing that because this. When it became litigation, one of the challenges we had is that it was sort of this low level of violation for five to seven years at least. And then when he did something, you know, sort of, they sort of got their fill of that and later wanted to terminate him. But it became really difficult because it was hard to tell. It was hard to tell a story about. Well, he's been doing these low-level violations for five years now, and now we've just yep. had enough. Right. And that's really hard. That's really hard to explain. You know, sort of right. the straw that broke, yeah. broke the camel's back. His work was acceptable um, for a long time. God, right. I hope the Brewing Network right. never ends up anywhere in court for anything. Because this is like our. Well, we've all kind of sucked for periods of time, <laughs> yeah. and then we, we just we kind of fixed it, but then didn't. Right. We pulled yeah. it together, and then it all went to crap again. We yeah. are the definition of slippery slope, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> are we also all contractors except for Bev? Yeah, and yeah. that's because Bev's that's the only one loophole. I trust not to be litigious. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get paid enough to be litigious. <laughs> You're right. bad. You think we can Lawyers afford lawyers? Expensive. Yeah, right. yeah. Joel, I have 20 bucks an hour so that you can help me sue Justin. <laughs> for, for all of my things. <laughs> for all of my things. That's about it. <laughs> all right. Why don't we dive back into something a little more fun, which is the reasonable use of alcohol at work. There we go. Hey. Let's get wasted, go. bros. Oh, yeah. And this is a good one for breweries, obviously. Oh, yeah. I'm actually surprised that it's allowed to be a, a reasonable use policy <laughs> at all, to be honest with you. So talk to us about this one. Well, I think it's just a recognition of the reality. If you've got, you know, I, I, we don't, we wouldn't recommend this to any other uh, I had a, uh, an attorney friend of mine say, oh, the only people that should have this are law firms and breweries. Right. But that, but that I, you know, we wouldn't recommend it to anybody else. Law but the reality is, if you're working, yeah. yeah, if you're working in a tap house, uh, you know, people have to 
they have to try the product from time to time. Yeah. Uh, or if you're working in a brewery and you know you need to try the beer to make sure things are on track, whatever, whatever. Yeah, it is, sensory panel. Right. Yeah, you're testing beer. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 know you have to do that, and so it's just recognizing that reality. And I think when I, we when when I've thought about this, and I put myself in two places. I thought, well, is it better to have a policy where I'm saying we're going to, you know, we allow reasonable use and mm-hmm. then define what that means? Or is it better to pretend it's not happening huh. and just pretend, oh, that we, we don't know that that ha- We don't know that the guy that's serving, you know, has has a drink every now and then. Right. Um, that's I think that's a very dangerous place to be. Um, I just you, know, you imagine yourself in a deposition and. The plaintiff's attorney, you know, gets to ask you as a brewery owner, well, didn't you realize that, you know, alcohol use on the job could cause some problems? And you go, well, you know, yeah. And then he says, well, you didn't have any rules about that, though. And that's a hard one to get out of. Sure. So I just think there should be you just put put rules down and tell people what reasonable use is. If it's, you know, we're going to taste beer at this time and that's the only time you can have some or if it's. You know, you you're responsible to use, uh, you know, to consume our products reasonably, and here's what that means. You know, one drink every such and such time, or one drink every shift, if that's what it is. Just right. Something to put down there. So, so you're recommending even putting like a, a volume amount, like if because throughout the day, especially in the cellar, people are taking samples, mm-hmm. the gravity samples, mm-hmm. and just checking. So you're saying in the handbook, you could say. Uh, it's okay to consume an ounce per sample taken when it's appropriate. Is that what you're recommending? Yeah, I think that I think for different people you'd have different type of reasonable use. That's that's for sure. But you would, but I think it's okay for you to say, you know, here reasonable use for uh, you know the guys serving in the in tap room. Here's what that means for our folks that are helping us develop the product. It means that you can sample, you know, such and such amounts per, you know, per, per hour or whatever, whatever it might be. And you, you don't even need, you don't necessarily need to go even that far, but just to say, here's, here's the use that we approve. If it's like you said, you know, you have to consume uh, amounts where you're going through certain processes, then you can put that in there, that this is reasonable use includes that. Um and then yeah. I think the other part of this we talked about is is just making sure that you enforce that because um, you know if the guy in your tap room is over your policy and it's pretty clear, uh, right. then you need to you need to discipline him. See, that's where I and because you mentioned this earlier about you know enforcement and if you don't enforce it here, we were talking about a dress code at that time and it's kind of lax and kind of lax and then all of a sudden it's gone over your lax threshold. You have a problem because you didn't enforce the rest. This would be where I, where I'd be a little wary about actually setting volume amounts, mm-hmm. um, even per position, because there are times when okay, someone had to have about four ounces more uh, for this particular <laughs> tasting. Maybe yeah. it was legit, mm-hmm. by the way. It wasn't that, that they were just thirsty, sure. um, yeah. or, or or this or that. So I, I guess in in this arena, I, I I would be more careful and even more carefully describe what it means to have a reasonable amount. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one you know, that I have used as a sample before is to say, 
um, that reasonable consumption means limited samples for educational purposes. Right. And that way, you know, if someone does consume a certain amount, you're not standing there going, okay, I saw you consume such and such volume, because uh, that could be fine. Right. Um, it's more, are they doing it within the right purpose? You know, is he, you know, did, did a customer come up and say, you know, I'd really like to try this uh, or have you had this? And then, you know, the next moment a customer comes up and asks the same thing or you're sitting down and trying, you know, trying product for that reason. So, right. Um, See, and, and that, it could be salespeople come in and, and you're working with, um, you know, with sales folks. So. And everybody's so look. We we all read the news and we watch the TV, and everyone seems to get sued for everything. I love it's ridiculous. It yeah. seems ridiculous, but what you're saying there, I could see myself standing in front of a judge and the judge interpreting it the same way I wrote it. Is why mm-hmm. I would rather not do the volumes and do the. That, that's mm-hmm. more of a scientific approach. Where uh, if I let one person have six ounces when the policy was four ounces, I have broken my own thing. But I could see mm-hmm. standing in front of a judge and say our policy was a reasonable amount of consumption for educational purposes. And when I, as an employer, am trying to prove that that was violated. I could really see standing in front of a reasonable judge, I would assume most of them are, and showing this person had a pint an hour with it d- didn't even use a tasting glass. You know, it was about it was <laughs> yeah. something they had. a. Uh, you see what I mean? I, I would, I'm not saying I'm preferring a vague um, uh, consumption law. I'm actually just, I'm preferring a more defined one that doesn't include volume. Well, because then if it's not a defined volume, one employee could be like, well, that person could have a pint. But I had eight ounces, and maybe I got a little bit more tipsy and then got reprimanded from it. I'm drinking half as much as that guy. But now you're leaving out the other wording. If the the, for educational purposes, if, if we're in the same example here, required the person to drink a pint, then they're within the standard. If for educational purposes they were only supposed to have four ounces and that wasn't a reasonable amount to, to provide the lesson that they were after, then the pint was in violation. I'm not talking about how much liquor they can handle. I'm talking about how much liquor we allow them to consume. Does that make sense, Joel? Yeah, I think you're I think that's exactly the point that that I that I would hope that uh, people take. Because I don't. Because it's not about how much they can handle, Beardy. It's not about whether you're okay. Well, now you're clearly well, too buzzed to work. That's an issue. Yeah. But the policy, if you're setting it, is about. I guess you could set another policy. <laughs> now we're talking shift beers, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, if person A has a shift beer and they're hammered, and person B has a shift beer and they're ready for three more, it's not a big deal. That's a grayer area, right? Yeah. The well, judgment thing. So a lot of salespeople will drink at their accounts because they're chit-chatting, you know, with the owner, the beer buyer there, and they'll have a beer, and maybe they'll do, like, a few throughout the day. So if maybe someone in a sales position had X amount of beers, what if one day, like, they, God forbid, got a DUI or harmed someone or something? Would the employee or would the employer be liable for that? I mean, is the onus all fully on that person or... Um, I just, I mean, the tough questions from Shimke, yeah. Joel. Whoa, burning well, him down the, the pipe. The, one the, after the employer has, has a policy, and the policy is here's a, a BAC meter, and you cannot drive or you're leave there with, with But then you, I would imagine you would have to take some sort of measure to do that, like install one of those ones that people have in their cars. Well, they, or, no, they, they, they treat them like adults. So here, we, we'll supply you a meter, and you test mm-hmm. yourself. You can't drive with, if, yeah. you know, if you're over. If, if I had clients that had 
uh, salespeople driving around, and they and and they and I knew that these folks are going to go to accounts and they're going to drink. Uh, that's exactly what I do, and I tell them, you know, they we provide it and we put it in the car, and we tell them, yep, we, you know, you're not to drive unless you've passed this, um, and and then you define what they're permitted to do. Uh, right, you know, differently than you would for other positions. I would be hard. By the way, uh, even though I I know that's probably common practice, Kim. I w- I bet we would be hard pressed to find a, a brewery distributor or anything else that outlines you should can whatever drink beer while you go while you're on your route and 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 selling this beer. I bet that is not in writing anywhere. Probably, not. I bet they don't state that they can't. Then I would still imagine. Well, that what you've about left that, Joe? So that's a weird thing. Is that a I, thing? If you don't say you can't, then you're still liable. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I think if you had no policy and you've got salespeople going around and you're sort of turning a blind eye to it, I don't know how. If the person walks out, gets in their car, which they're doing for you, drives right. to their next account, that's what they're doing for you, and they hit somebody. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be on that lawsuit. Right. And okay. they're going to say, I mean, of course the person, if you knew uh, that the person was drinking while they're going about their route or you, you know, it's, it's, you're, if, if what you heard, you can't just really turn a blind eye to it. Right. No, your defense is they violated the policy. reason to believe that's what's happening. Great. All the brewers just turned off this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is super common because it's a way to get get into a, a bar and attract like you're not wasting a space a seat at the bar so a sales rep will buy a beer so that way they can either talk to the bartender yeah. chat them up or wait for the gm or beer buyer or whatever right and and they're just doing it it's it's a, a low form of pay to play basically and by the way would this hold water joel it doesn't have to be the full-on uh you know breathalyzer that allows the car to start or not no, just if there were company issue breathalyzers yeah. no. hey we're acknowledging that some tasting and hopefully reasonable consumption has to happen on your route today here is a company issued breathalyzer you need to use it before you get back in the car does that do you do you feel um, cover the law? Um, so this was, I, I think that's helpful. I mean, basically, what you're doing here is you're trying to build some. Um, you're trying to cover yourself for when this person does this, and so the more things you can build in there, like have a policy that says you're only supposed to reasonably use. Here's what that means. Mm-hmm. Here's a breathalyzer you need to have. Uh, blown what you know whatever the you need to have passed uh, to continue on your job I mean they read I, I, I they cannot have guys going around um, who are a danger that's right. just I mean that's a that's See, in this case, yeah, that's that's a lot of risk waiting to happen. It that's, is. I know. agree with you. In fact, I'm surprised we haven't heard about this more. <laughs> yeah. In this case, I think Beardy, I, I would go with the with the volume route, and I would use some of the legal charts that allow. I would I would issue the breathalyzer. I would use the legal chart that actually, uh, as an employee, you're supposed to look at this, look at your weight. Look at your mm-hmm. consumption, and you, you know you shouldn't have consumed more than the chart per hour corroborated by the breathalyzer afterward. I actually would go by volume on this one. If I as Joel's saying, like the more steps you can take to cover this one, I think sure. 
it would be smart. And even not even, or bringing it inside from the sales reps driving around, a lot of breweries have forklifts and things like that, and you have different positions using that. Not just you don't have to have a, you don't have a sober forklift guy. No. Oh, <laughs> and so. That. Do you like? Does that even go to having a breathalyzer? The same equipment and, and procedures before right. hopping on the forklift. Hmm. Well, I think those guys they they should. I, I mean, at least for the like uh, at the distributors where I've been, uh, where that happened, there's just not as much uh, availability to use. So, sort of the the prohibitions that you take or the steps you take have to be proportional to the person's access. And it sounds like if salespeople are out there and this is the common practice where you go yeah. into an account and you kind of have to buy a beer and you feel like you need to drink it, um, then you, you've got to be even more careful. Yeah. Well, also forklifts have their own license, right? So you could apply the same thing as a car. It's not a license. It's a certification. But that's for OSHA. I think that's not really necessary to actually exactly drive it. Yeah, it's more for your insurance. Yeah. I see. Even those, Duh. though. So I think we're, you know, in a, in a very short time asking Joel to, to plan a lot for us. So I think it's great <laughs> that we have all these questions. But even those, you know, a lot of Joel's answers have been uh, uh, common sense. Mm-hmm. And I think even the forklift issue could be a common sense policy that you use in a brewery, which is actually there is zero consumption if you're driving a forklift today. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're, if you're on the tasting line and you've got to do some education, you fall under our reasonable consumption policy. Sure. If you're around heavy equipment of any kind, um, you're not under our reasonable consumption policy. You're under our zero consumption policy. Okay, um, yeah. And that could even be broken up to areas of your, of your building, of your space. Anything on the manufacturing side... We're sorry. There will be zero tasting until the end of your shift. Or, mm. You know what I mean? And I'm just saying, without having to consult your lawyer or Joel every five minutes to, to figure out which one, you almost could break it down like that. Don't say that. That's how lawyers make money, right, Joel? <laughs> you want your clients to consult <laughs> yes, you at right. every step. You're always ask Joel. <laughs> Come on, Justin. Right. But, Joel, right, like half the things you have said to us, which I have really appreciated, have come from a very common sense approach. Yeah, I think that that's you know that's a lot of it. Yeah, and and like you said, that they goes exactly with the fork with the the type of forklift situation you're talking about. That's exactly right. It's when we it's when we get into a lot of trouble that the common sense kind of goes out the window, and now we really need some help. Um, so, all right, well. Beardy had some other questions. He was asking me at the oh. break that something that, that comes up quite often. I wonder if you can cover this before we have to go sexting guilty, but, in uh, the workplace. <laughs> yeah, when is the appropriate time? <laughs> yeah. oh. Not not that. In the morning. Um, one thing that I, I've I've heard a lot of uh, takes on, and it seems like well, I'm wondering if there's as big a gray area as people want there to be, is on uh, the as far as like from a production uh, position. Is there any wiggle room as far as being hourly versus salary exempt and salary non-exempt? Mm-hmm. So um, it is. Uh, it's very challenging for me to think of a. It, it is a challenging thing to have an exempt employee in California. At all um, in any period. industry. I mean, unless you're. So I, as I think about the folks that would be working in a brewery, and particularly in a production um, sense, um, you know, you need to – there are very specific categories. 
and the you know sort of professional, for example, or management, uh, where and the person has to be doing that for over half of their time. Mm -hmm. So let's say you've got a manager and they have to be managing a certain number of people um, over uh, spending over half their time doing that, and then you have to have been paying them a salary, um, a pretty high salary, uh, for for their job too. So there's a salary component and there's a work component and both are difficult to meet. Um, and when I've seen people working production, they're mostly working, you know, they're actually doing things with their hands, um, or they're overlooking something, but, but they're not standing back in an office and then coming back every once in a while to check that everything's being done. That's more of an exempt style position. Um, and if it's anywhere close, like let's say you've got somebody who's a supervisor on a production line and there's, there's supervising the production process and there's three guys that, you know, well, the more, more than that, there's seven, eight guys that they're supervising. And, but that really, you know, they, they really about, you know, 60% of the time, they're kind of helping along the way. It's really hard to prove that then they've spent over half their time managing people. Mm. And it becomes, you know, if you're anywhere close to the 50-50 line on w what their duties are, um, if, if you're, it's not worth it to take that risk. Because, you know, typically you're asking exempted people, the whole reason you'd have someone be exempt is because you're going to ask them to work a lot of overtime. And um, if it turns out that you're wrong, you made a call and, you know, they actually only spend 48% of their time on managerial duties, hmm. then, um, then you're responsible. You should have paid all of that overtime. And then it comes with penalties and on top of it, and it's very expensive. Hmm. So it's sort of, I always, when I'm talking about this issue with clients, I always say, look, Unless this is, I, I'm looking for slam dunks because chances are it's not as good as you think it is. Like what they're doing, they're not spending as much time managing, for example, as what you think they're spending. And um, unless it's a slam dunk, it's a really high risk to take. Uh, Joel, what is that minimum salary for uh, exempt? Just two times uh, the minimum wage. Okay. So it's a salary that amounts to two times the minimum wage. That's well, so, a pretty low threshold. It is. Well, yeah. in, in California, that, that equals out to about forty five grand a year. Okay. Most brewery yeah, production it, people are not making anywhere well, close a, to forty five grand a year. That's a good way to decide. Higher than that? Yeah. More than that? Way less. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. No. At least at my work, um, and we have like thousands of employees throughout the state, this is misclassification is actually uh, one of the most common um, uh, cases that go go to court yeah um so this is something that's like i know people are very careful about or try to be very careful about but i don't think most breweries based on my experience and friends that work at them they don't even know that this is a thing like they don't recognize that there's actual criteria that right. they have to look into of how to classify somebody right so they're like oh we're gonna save money yeah. right we're gonna like make someone exempt yep. they don't recognize that there's actual criteria that they have to follow 
um, to fit that. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, you know, it's, and it's not just breweries, which is why this is such a um, litigation-heavy topic, or you know, particular um, thing for cases. But yeah. I think that's just it. As breweries, is they just have no idea that this is like a real legitimate thing that they have to look into. Yeah. Right. Yeah. More like, oh, I get the yeah. choose it that I get it. You know, get there are qualified. four different categories essentially that someone could fall into, and a couple of them it's hard for you know you you've got a professional person that, that really wouldn't apply to breweries mostly and then you've got administrative so this is someone kind of just sitting in a back office working on policies for example uh for you and you know related to all your different operations maybe and then you know you've got a managerial type exemption and again the the thing that's really tough to meet is that they have to spend 50 percent of their time doing it and you almost have mm-hmm. to imagine someone uh like if you think of something like the Flintstones and everyone's working in the rock pit and they're just kind of like standing up on the side watching, not actually doing any of the work, but just watching and telling people, yeah, do this or do that or checking statistics to make sure things are going correctly. I love that. That's, you want to avoid – if they're doing physical labor of any kind in that process, um, that's a red flag. So, so, yeah, so it's almost easier – So. It's almost easier to forget about the 50% thing. You're really going for the 100% thing, because anything else, you might fall into the gray area that you don't want to be in. Uh, Well, I tend to think if someone's classified correctly, they're probably really close to, you know, at least over 75%. Right. Because then when it starts to get down below then, you know, the risk is so great. Um, And one thing I want to mention here, too, is... um, We've sort of mentioned in passing as a joke, but the, but contractors too are a big issue here. The my sense is a lot of breweries will say, "Come on, you can come on as a contractor," and you know then we're not I'm not paying taxes and you're not paying taxes at least at the outset, and you know you don't count as an employee, so you don't have to pay comp and all that kind of thing. Um, and right now. All forms of government are really after folks who are misclassified as contractors. So hmm. that's a that's a tough thing to to. Ha- I know lots of smaller businesses they, they sort of lean on that, um, and that that's a very difficult thing to do, to have right now is, is a proper classification as a contractor. Sure, I'm pretty good at this one. We're all contractors. All. You decided. I have I have read this law backwards and forwards. There we go. Okay, say it backwards. Yeah, believe it or not, I know you guys think uh, Justin's did that. No, I think I have I have looked several times at the contract law, and it is it's very interesting. I encourage employers to do the same because there there are times when there's a little gray area there too, mm. uh, and and it's easy to have this common sense thing. Well, well, they don't do this and they don't do that. I don't require them to be here all the time, and so ah, mm-hmm. obviously a, a contractor, but. I think what Joel's pointing out is there's there's probably about a list of 15 other things that you got to make sure check off right before you're before you're doing that and and in the brewery setting in the brewery setting I almost can't see it happening at all I mean one of the oh, big yeah. things uh, yeah. Joel right is uh, is the employee required to come to your place of business at set hours of time and do work uh, uh, like uh, during that time for for periods of time um, yeah it's I, 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 I'm with you. I, I can see it um, much easier, obviously, in your environment. But I, um, you know, when you're talking about a brewery where you're going to tell people, here's when I need you here, and here's what I want you doing, and here's how I want you doing it, 
Yeah. Um, Use my tools, not yours. If I'm describing a contractor to folks like in breweries or, you know, places like that, I say contractors like the plumber that you call and say, I have a problem. Mm. And they show up and you don't tell the plumber how to do the job. No, he brings his own wrench and everything. He brings all his own tools. Yeah, I got a problem. Fix it. That's all you do. That's why I just and yell at you guys and don't actually tell you what to do. I just tell you to <laughs> check out the hook where yeah. my DJ revolves it. You're doing <laughs> it wrong. Yeah. yeah. I, I, can say, I can say to my plumber I think he's an idiot and doing it wrong, too, without telling him how to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, same thing. <laughs> All right. Well, pay attention to your labor laws, folks. Of course, we have uh, listeners from all over the country and, and, in fact, the world here. So you're going to want to check these locally, too. We were focusing today on California employment laws with Joel Van Paris. And uh, if you would like to uh, seek his expertise further, you can go to uh, cdflaborlaw.com. That's cdflaborlaw.com and contact them that way. And uh, Joel, I appreciate your your very clear, concise, and um, and and like you know, down to earth, common sense approach to this stuff. I think it was it was very helpful. You're welcome. Yeah, um, you can check out this podcast. Those of you YouTubers over on thebrewingnetwork.com. We've been streaming it there today, and uh, and get more. You know, you can go back and take all the notes that you need, and then um, you could even contact Kim Shimke here, our um, yeah. semi legal, illegal, not really legal uh, law, uh, law, you know, employment law professional. Just here. don't name me you on your lawsuit, please. Free non binding <laughs> advice, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> Joel. For entertainment is, purposes only. That's, yeah. <laughs> that is the time that we have today, Joel. I appreciate. Appreciate it so much you being on the program. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Happy to be here. I hope we didn't get you in trouble, and more importantly, you didn't get us in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) With anything here. All right, take care. You too. All right. There you go. That's Joel Van Paris. Uh, Once again, you can go to cdflaborlaw.com if you'd like to seek their expertise and uh, check it out. And you should. Yeah. Yes. Lots of stuff, man. Lots of stuff. Yeah. Even if you're outside California, it's a good good way to raise some topics for at least you to figure out what your situation is in your state. No, it's, Absolutely. All, it's all relevant. Yeah. yeah. Main things I took away were communicated at every level. Communicating when you hire, when you while they're working, and then when you fire them, you know, well, and the good thing is, if you adopt California law, you're basically covered for any sort of law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ever With a high water mark. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sure. The <laughs> thing true. that I got out of it was you should fire Kim Shimke. Yeah, right. Fire Let's go Kim. back to that. I have to be careful. I have to talk to her about it. What I got out of Shit. it is that I'm not going to sleep tonight. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> all, all the violations I face. My, my failing grade. Yes. Well, yeah. hey, but again, average. <laughs> Bell curve, uh, baby. Back to average. There you go. It's like every show. Start somewhere there. Always end at average. Uh, You got to do it. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a little break. Uh, When we come back, I think we've got some beer to try from Beardy or something. Beardy beer? We can if we want to. Um, Oh. I think JP offered up your beers for us to drink. I mildly suggested that you have beers that we could could drink that I delivered to you. Oh, well, sure. We can talk about whose they really are. All right. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since 
Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do, all for under 300 bucks. They also feature the Mark to work pump, a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much, as well as exclusive Brewer's Edge regulators and quality Keg King kegs and disconnects. Check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moylan's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, Moylan's. The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, (laughs) nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. It's to help you out. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. You've got to try it on tap at Moylan's. In Novato. They're friggin' awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers! Boom! Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of Citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the 
Brewers Association at craftbeer.com. Also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Brewcasters are back. It is the show go to greatfermentations.com right now they've got the largest catalog of blickman products on the web and their staff is some of the best trained in the biz using blickman products they offer top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on many items check them out at greatfermentations.com and be sure to like them on facebook at gr8 fermentation you can also find them on instagram and twitter as gr8 fermentation greatfermentations.com all right well that was fascinating to find out all the ways that... You're going to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once I win the lottery, yeah. I'm taking you to court, yeah. bro. Yeah. But they, until then, hi. Why would you do it then? You're, you'll be set. Just to squash. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I played the lottery for the first time in like 10 years. Why? Oh, yeah? A couple weeks ago. When Did was, you win? No. <laughs> wow, you're really classing it up, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hmm. I was thinking about you guys, actually. I was huh? standing there buying cigarettes I and beer. A, I, and oh, I was sweet. like, you know, the only way I could ever <laughs> repay these behind. guys is if I win the lottery. <laughs> so I played. Well, if you don't That's play, you sweet can't win. and yeah. incredibly sad. <laughs> it didn't work. So Maybe what, next time. Uh, we're, we're, we're rooting for you. What are you going to do? All right. So we have some uh, beardy beer to try. Is that what's going on here? Well, so what this is, is um, I forget when we started Damn. trying to do this. It's been a little bit, but uh, we're working on uh, working with Pico Brew to release a BN line of beers. And That's so, correct, Warren. Uh, kits, uh, a BN kits for the yeah, Pico yeah, yeah. C, I believe, mm-hmm. where it'll be a all-in-one kit. Yeah. Okay. And so you order our beer, and you can brew it at home? Yeah. Great. And, and so Pico is is working with both, at least JP and I, mm-hmm. on, on our recipes. It's, uh, yeah, Warren, myself, uh, Brian from Dr. Homebrew. Right. I have some of his beer to oh, yeah. give away, in a, or to give him in a couple of weeks, um, for Kick Your Own Ass Ale. <laughs> who's brewing? When you guys give the recipes, who's yeah. brewing the beer? You guys or is Pico brewing? Pico it? is they, so they brew the beer and yeah. then they ship us samples. Oh, cool. And then we go, oh yeah, that tastes kind of oh. like it, but let's tweak this out and tweak this out. And like oh, I've so done, they're right. working yeah. hard to get it right. That's oh yeah, cool. oh, that's very they want, cool. They absolutely want to get it right, one hundred percent. And uh, so I know Brian's working on them. I think uh, Keith is working on one too, also on Doctor Homebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know who else. I don't know who well, else. Probably just you and, and Beardy. And, and so uh, the idea is that once we get get the recipes dialed in, people will be able to buy the, the kits and yeah. throw it in their Pico C and brew the beer recipes just like we would make. Okay. Um, What's the difference between the Pico Brew and the Pico C? Uh, well, the Zymatic is basically uh, a larger size, and uh, you put in the grains, you put in the hops, and basically do it all, all yourself. Okay. The Pico C is a, a little self-contained pack. More like a Keurig. Yes, essentially, yeah, it's, it's a Pico Keurig, basically. Yeah, it's okay. a kit. There are, it's always a kit. Or it's probably a way you can do one manually, but it's generally a kit, right? Yeah, for the, for yeah. the Pico C, yeah. Okay. Kit. And so uh, we're working on getting that dialed in. This is the latest version of, of, your of, beer? of my Kolsch recipe. Of Kolsch, okay. Yes. 
Uh, should I refer back to our feedback today? With the- <laughs> <laughs> this is not uh, the Loma Kolsch that is very astringent, according to our <laughs> Copenhagen friend. Right. Um, this is my based off of my homebrew recipe. Okay. Uh, from years ago, which is different than your pro brew recipe. Um, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly couldn't tell you how it uh, the specifics of this recipe. Yeah. Um, but I know it's a different yeast strain and. Um, the malt percentages are slightly different. Okay. Um, and maybe actually uh, IBU's a little lower on this version compared to the Loma version. Tastes okay. like it. Yeah. Okay. Tastes like pizza dough. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. so far, I think it's a good Kolsch. What do you think about it, Beardy? Um, I, I think this is very close to, to capturing the spirit of that beer. I see. Um, I agree. <laughs> I agree. In a good way? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's I think it's uh, definitely getting there. I mean, Kolsch, I think, is kind of a hard beer to really nail down, too. And I wonder how much of this beer that isn't close is fermentation, exactly. if, that make, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they're brewing tens of these kits a week. How, how can you have – I wonder what the fermentation chambers are and right. how they're dialing in each one specifically as far as fermentation or if they're doing what I would do as a home brewer. And if I had two or three beers in my refrigerator, it, they would all be at the same temperature. <laughs> right. And, and that's where I think we kind of got to with this beer. It's like, well, now there's just going to be subtle fermentation uh, differences in well, procedure. That matters, and that matters a lot. I mean, it does. When they bring, they give you a sample bottle, I'd like to see also what the fermentation profile was. You know? yeah. But Sorry. at least with that, you can, I, I guess what I, I think I'm hearing is you're thinking the recipe is correct, and now you would just hope the consumer follows your fermentation profile to, to get the rest of it right. Right, exactly. I think I think at this point, the, what, the kit that you'll be buying yeah. might be right on. Okay. It's just then it's up to the individual buyer. To, to follow the fermentation I mean, schedule. it's essentially like a collaboration, like a long-distance, you know, <laughs> right. commercial collaboration. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. You got you to gotta taste all the – you got to taste everything and, and make sure then, and then assume that the per, the person brewing the beer, your, you know, let's say your house, um, you're the, our collaborator. Warren is collaborating with you. Hmm. He gives you your recipe and all the ingredients, and you have to brew it and then ferment it. Yeah. Are you going to do it right? Probably not. <laughs> right. Probably. <laughs> but I can only How help many, you so much. Can they You're send right. you a sample of this and you do it to your own specifications? And then you can be like, oh, okay, this is it. Oh, I see. Meaning, like, send me uh, a Well, a now kit? that you feel you've dialed it in, now they send you the kit. You ferment it like you're going to instruct people to do on the package, oh, and then sure. and then you're really able to say, "Yep, we're done." Right, because exactly, I you. did the fermentation, yeah, and, yeah. and then we could actually do a 100 yeah. percent comparison. You could, I guess, but I don't know if they. I mean, that's a lot. Here, here they'd have a, to send me a pico C, take a machine and the kit and the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. How many? I'm willing to do that. How many? Uh, <laughs> me too. How many back and forths did you have on this particular this, recipe? This is number three. Oh, okay. Um, wow. And so we make little tweaks uh, each time. Yeah. And I think we're we're pretty much there. I would hate to work with you on this, Beardy. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, like, I know oh, it strained man. a lot of relationships. I feel like uh, you, you left six grains of this out. I can just, I can I can adjust. What's your water? Oh, my God. It would be um, the longest conversation. What's your water? <laughs> I love you, Warren. Um, uh, what's your, what's the... Um, <laughs> Do you have fluorescent lighting or LED lighting when it's being uh, brewed? What's the water? Um, uh, well, uh, I, I send them a couple emails the, each, each time and then don't get the, a response back. 
yeah. but then I just get a bottle in the mail. What's the okay. water? So, um, that's how we deal. There's with no you conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it was a one-sided conversation. Oh, the, oh that's how you're gonna. What's the well, water? Pro- um, what's the uh, water? Um, Could so you they, tell me the sodium content what's of the, the water? water um, so they've grasped the shut the fuck up beardy policy too. They just get your email. Yeah, don't get, answer. That's their shut up, mm-hmm. and then just send you a beer bag. Right. Yeah. Well, but it, it gets it better. Happens. It's it it is it is weird like that. I've experienced a very similar thing. Like I got um, Brian Cooper's kick your own ass sample that I have to give to him when next time we do Doctor Homebrew, whenever that is. And then I didn't. And then I didn't expect Warren's beer to, to come because okay. I haven't heard. Because for some reason they just come to me. I'm this like proxy or whatever. Yeah. And it's 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 really weird. Warren's like, oh, I had no idea we were even still doing this because yeah. they have so many, and they just think they just go down the line and go tick tick tick. Okay, now we're going to start again and, and readjust and do all the things. But it's you know I don't expect them to like handhold. Yeah. Because that's not you know they're not trying to do that. They want to make beer and get the kit sold so they can of course. have people brewing the beer. It makes total sense. But it is weird. You're just like suddenly here's here's beer at my front door. <laughs> I, I kind of like that, though. It means they're listening and then just moving forward. Exactly, yeah, because yeah. then what are you going to do is take time? I'd rather yeah. you not email me yeah. and just do the things that we talked about. <laughs> right. That'd be much yeah. better. And that's what it seems to be doing, or that's what they seem to be doing, yeah. and it's working. Yeah. Now, would you be able to pinpoint what about the fermentation on, on this sample might have been different than what you would have done? Or I think... Um, the temperature uh, okay. schedule. Um, I don't think this was necessarily lagered mm-hmm. like I would do, mm-hmm. um, and, and maybe pitched it at the, at the same rate that I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that you are kind of relying on the person doing the fermenting, and they can do yeah. Which is why it's just important to get the recipe down, right? Give instructions on Beardy's fermentation profile. And then leave it to the consumer. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I can only do so much at at that point. Right. You're not going to go to everybody's house who buys a kit? (laughs) Uh, Well, there will be a special kit that includes... The gold coming ticket. to your house. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Includes the, Warren. The yeah. bearded ticket. Right. It's a little ball of hair. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever get the ball of hair, you get beardy to come to your house. If you right. get a beard hair wrapped around yeah. your yeast One bottle. grain. Yeah. yeah. Put the offer in there. Who knows? You might, you know, you put every, every kid ought to come with a coupon that says, hey, if you'll pay my way here, exactly. put yeah. me up at the Renaissance Inn. I'll come and uh, brew it with you. Or that, it's double tree. Yeah, I mean, sure. whatever you want. Yeah. If you buy my kit and fly me to wherever you live, yeah. Yeah. I will ferment your beer for you. Wow. Same. Yeah. I will have to come along because I just need to help. But uh, <laughs> then you for eight hours can hear, what about your water? Um, what in your water? Um, oh, my God. Don't start this yeah, again. You can hear Jason's um, terrible impression of me. It did go on for a while. And then water... Um, all right. Hey, go to Brewers Publications, Water. publisher of Brewing uh, the Brewing Elements series, a four-part set exploring a fundamental ingredients uh, in in beer, water, malt, hops, and yeast. Each book offers a detailed, uh, specific scientific examination, practical instruction, and recipes for both homebrewers and craft brewers. Find Brewing uh, the Brewing Elements series at brewerspublications.com. I'm giving myself worst live reads award ever. <laughs> God. The chat room was quite concerned earlier that you were having a stroke. I'm stroking out. I feel like I'm stroking out because I am neither. I've, I'm not drunk. I'm not even buzzed. I had a couple beers tonight. So it's a neurological but disorder. It, it's a neurological. Something's going it on. It's broken. There are other issues. Um, I think I ate today. Did you sleep yesterday night? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yesterday night, are you having a stroke? <laughs> Probably. I did not sleep yesterday night. <laughs> Just stroking out. Yeah. It's going to happen eventually. 
watching a watching that uh, Netflix. There's a Netflix comedy special with Seth Rogen. It's like for people with Alzheimer's. It's a charity comedy <gasps> thing. Okay. And in the middle, yeah, I saw it. And in the middle of the thing, you know, they they show different people with Alzheimer's. Oh. And I was watching. I was like, God, I feel like. I'm just watching videos of myself <laughs> later on. Like, this is what's happening to me. I see myself ending up there. Yeah, exactly. It was very... I had to turn it off. Yeah, depressing, yeah. The comedy just couldn't wrap up the, the depression. <laughs> well, I, I mean, was like, here's how... Either I die of a heart attack, or that's me one day. Yeah. Even with my vitamin B thing, remember? Yeah. The doctor was like, hey, by the way, one of the major consequences of a vitamin, uh, a prolonged vitamin B deficiency yeah. is um, dementia later in life. Wow. I was All like, right. oh, great. I'm going to be high as fuck later in life anyway if I'm right. alive. Sure. Like, I'm not talking tasty high. I'm talking heroin high. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because if I make it that far anyway... We've talked about this. Who needs well, a, who, yeah, you need a good drug habit to sustain cares? you from your mid forties on up. Dude. If you're living in a home, or am I, wait, can I move into a home in my mid forties? Uh, does my RV count? I think. Yeah, <laughs> moving well, into my RV. Well, your 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 home would be moving at that point. It's kind of a <laughs> wordplay there, but right. and I'm sure your dementia would make great YouTube content. That's for the true. BN channel. That's true. You guys and I won't. You guys just collect that. And you dough. remember you'll just keep sending <laughs> like videos of your and dick make, and just shoot a video every day. <laughs> Honestly, I think it would be like Big Brother, where we'd have 24-hour cameras oh, yeah. on you, because we can't trust you to remember how to use a tripod or set up right. a good shot or do anything like that, so just it would just be it would just like be weekend at Bernie's. We'll just prep him up there. It would yeah. probably we'll be fascinating. I figure even when I'm demen- I have dementia, I'm going to be highly entertaining and active. I don't think I'll just be sitting there. <laughs> well, it's I think the first I'll time be, for everything. Will you still be, be a genius, wandering. though? Yeah, of course. Even more genius. <laughs> yeah. There'll be more people calling you him a genius. You can't take that away. It only gets better. You're, you're, born, you're born with it. It just stays with you're you. You're born with it. He was born this way, Ken. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Drug-induced dementia or not. That's right. Um, hey, if you're looking to brew beer as good as Beardy... <laughs> Is this, are you, is this a positive thing? <laughs> <laughs> go to beersmith.com and there get your free 21-day trial of their uh, beer brewing software. Uh, it does a great, uh, great job, does everything you need it to do and more, I promise. But uh, you also get a free 21-day trial. So, so Brad over there at Beersmith kind of promises, too. And I think he's even working on yet another oh. new version because he's always keeping it up to date. Yeah. Uh, great guy, great product. Go to beersmith.com and check it out. We'll see him up in Portland, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We will see him. Who's going to the Homebrewers Conference, listeners? I'm a listener. We hope we see you there. I know oh, Tasty will be there. JP, sure. don't worry. You'll be there. I need okay. You. All right. Uh, if you can get the time. Can you get the time away from the baby? Oh, yeah. Is no, that a for thing? sure. Oh, no. That's not at all, dude. Yeah. Ain't no thing, bro. Yeah. Last yeah. week in May. Or in uh, June. No, yeah. no, I'm I'm there. Okay. I'd rather go to CBC than Homebrew Company. That's fine. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, can't can't afford you. <laughs> yeah, I know. The only reason Shimkey's going is paying her own way. But uh, so. and you need someone to hold a camera. Yeah, I was mm. like, hey, since you're going, <laughs> let, me, let me put you to work, and, exactly. and you can't charge me for it. Yeah, even Beardy's going on Loma's dime. I'm sure I'll find a place to put him to work. Oh, I'm uh, I'm all booked up. <laughs> no, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Loma, how you gonna eat, bro? I mean, I don't know if yeah. I have the time. Notice yeah. I'm not like, oh, I super want to go. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, you're stuck. 
Um, all right. Also, uh, we are working on our Brewing Network anniversary party. I got a lead oh, on a place. Oh, uh, we got a couple proposals. They're in my inbox right now. We got to figure out. Now it's actually, I think we got it dialed in. We're just figuring how big to go for BNA 13. Oh. Um, so I'll be letting you guys know soon. Pay attention to Which the Brewing night? Network a podcast. Saturday night after? It's going to be Saturday night. Uh-huh. At, we're going to be the closing event. Um, to the, you know, they're, they're doing like the whole post award reception yes. like they did last that's year over like which is great by the way yeah i think that's over right, right around six mm-hmm. um so we're looking to start around seven and and put on a maybe a little beer fest maybe something smaller um that is a little more personal for mm-hmm. just a, a a couple of two three hundred people um we're figuring that out but nice. it does look like bna 13 is going to happen nice i even put it up on the uh homebrew com website oh shit. now it's official it just said tbd because i haven't figured out where <laughs> it yet but to be deleted it's happening yeah. but to be t- <laughs> no band uh not no our band there will not be our four band. friends and sam will not make a oh. that's too bad no, I don't think anyone else thinks that, including our, <laughs> in, including our listeners. I don't know. I, I would disagree. I, I think yeah. a lot of people really enjoyed that. You have said that in the past, and then I can look on the faces, or even the small number of faces, they're watching us play. Right. It's a handful of people that give Well, a handful of people will, will watch because there's there's other things. There's beer, but I think in the you know, having us playing in the background is kind of cool for everybody it's just like cool even at even at like the spring fest yeah there's not everybody clown uh, gl- no, but those are on. good bands no i know but i'm saying like they're not stand they're not just stopping and watching yeah. the band not everybody right there's still a lot of drinking to be done so i think that's just it but on like a lower scale mm. but are right. any of those bands making people actually frown and, and make <laughs> exactly. scowling faces yeah. which <laughs> actually surprises <laughs> me because four friends and sam is actually comprised of at least two good, good musicians. Right, yeah, me but and it only, Sam. <laughs> it only takes two others to ruin right. everything. Uh, it's an average. Well, Maybe we can do a short cameo with whatever let, band uh, is up there. We'll do a little a two song acoustic I set think, or something. I, I got my acoustic bass. I restrung it. Let's go. <laughs> I got it. Uh, I'll think about it. Okay, I'll, think about it. Bring your axe. A lot going on. There's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I, have to, I have to clean my RV that day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that's right. You'll be RVing. All right. Exactly. Um, all right. What's our uh, Twitter game? Uh, our Twitter game is to describe Pliny the Elder in five words. Okay. How, it's a, it's how a game. people do? Uh, they did okay. I will say that. They did all right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, Ramsey <clears throat> says uh, his description of uh, Pliny the Elder would be scarcity never tasted so good. Okay. Mm. That's pretty, I pretty funny. Uh-huh. Jeff Engel says it's named after some guy. Okay. Hmm. I mean, I, I thought that was amusing. You go to like, oh, hey, no, Pliny, what's there. that about? It's named after some... <clears throat> um, Marcus Miller says floor stripper and it's toxic. Oh. Apparently wow. not a Pliny not fan. A fan. Not, not a fan. Not a fan. Dig. Okay. What's Jess- the, the toxic part? I don't know, man. Okay. Jesse Newcomer says... Hiding alcoholism as a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel did that. He, uh, invented, he invented that joke. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. wow. Stealing jokes. Wow. I'm just writing that down with Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, there you go. You use the sharp point with the ink comes out as the, the writing part. I did. 
Still didn't work. All right. Uh, Matt uh, Cadmus says, mandatory beer favorite of hipsters. Okay. I feel like you're yeah. you're issued that with your beard wax and your flannel shirt. Yeah. That's and your lawn chair for sitting in line. Uh, Herman says, poor Pliny on my hiney. <laughs> <laughs> Which I laughed at. I actually lolled. I kecked, if you will. Yeah, me too. Um, Husker Fanboy says, could be a little overrated. Okay. Mm. That one's a little more reasonable. Randy. Wow, you just, would you let everybody in? No, only a couple more, because I think it's, I think they're pretty good. Well, I've got three I'm trying to remember. Are you going to give me two more? Randy Janita says, artificial scarcity drives market demand. Like number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to write that one down. Okay. Yeah. Ryan Turner. You don't have to write them all down. I got him. Uh, Ryan Turner says I drunk six tonight, even though that's four. Which I thought that was funny because he's kind of <laughs> drunk. I thought it was amusing. It's clever. Yeah. Uh, I do like that one. And then last but not least, in there wasn't there. What's that? Wasn't there apostrophe? That's that actually is five then, right? Technically. No, I drunk oh, I six tonight. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Lloyd McClover finally says, Chechnyan Pliny is cactus pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like it. Yeah. So I can, I mean, I can narrow some of them down for you, but yeah, I thought gotta, it was at least, uh, uh, you know, uh, I should at least d- demonstrate the wide breadth of comedic timing and humor in our uh, audience tonight. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Thank you. All right, I would like to Im- uh, eliminate the Jimmy Kimmel one because which one was that? Hiding alcohol. Yeah. 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 All right. Sorry, Jesse. I'm going to block you on Twitter too. Copycat. Um, I would personally eliminate Floor Stripper. Yep. I mean, say what you no, like about Pliny. It's not a bad, you know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, hipsters. I don't know. Mandatory uh, beer. Hipster favorite hipster of hipsters. Beers. It's, been yeah. a long, it's been around longer than hipsters. Let's yeah. go. Get it out of here. Okay. I like the he rhymed uh, Pliny with Heine. Uh, that one, I, I, Me too. I, I, yeah, I like that a lot. That's one of my it's favorite. Poor, <laughs> makes no sense. Poor Pliny on my Heine is yeah. one of my favorite. I've got two stars next to that. We're using the definition of de- uh, description a bit loosely yes. here. <laughs> That's more commentary. <laughs> wow. HR strikes oh, good. You. HR. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'd be what a reasonable person would. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a non-lawyer answer. Warren, yeah. I'm, I'm glad fun Kim Shimke didn't show up. <laughs> what was the f- <laughs> She brings brownies that taste <laughs> really good. What was the first one about scarcity? Yeah, scarcity never tasted so good. Yeah, I like it, but it's a little boring. Okay. Let's get rid of That's it. a great. How about it's named well, after some guy? I don't like that one. All right, we're getting rid of that one. I, I like poor Pliny on my hiney, and I like uh, in Chechnya, Pliny is cactus pillow. What about I drunk six tonight? I, I drunk, like that I like one. I yeah. Those are my three. All right, let's yeah. keep three in then. All right. So we've got Pliny on my hiney, I drunk six tonight, <laughs> and in Chech, the Pliny is cactus pillow. Yeah. Uh, I'm good with those, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to have to vote now. Oh, One, shit. Two, three, four, five. There's a, it's even. It's so, not in my work clause. Um, was my offer. Vote on three? This could be a, we have to do a tiebreak. Six people doing three we'll votes. We'll find the top two, mm-hmm. and we'll vote again. And then vote again. Okay. All right. I like that. Okay. If, if, you're, if your vote is, uh, I like Pliny on my hiney, raise your hand. I think that's just funny. It's good. I think it's the it's better of the, I like of the it. three. That doesn't have any. any I'm the only one. You're, You're the, the only one. one. So I, think, I, I nominated it. I didn't vote for it. 
<laughs> wow. Right, that Sorry. You straw man to me. Sorry. Wow. Okay. So now you get to vote again. He does? Thank yeah. God. What? Because we were going we were going to limit we hey. were going to pick the top 2 and then vote again. Oh. Tasty said yeah. that right. and I liked it. This is America, Warren. We, I can vote as many times as I want. <laughs> okay. Asshole. I guess. All right, I'll raise my hand when I like it. Go ahead. I, I understand. All right. All right. So raise your hand if it's I drunk 6 tonight. <laughs> There's JP's that's, second vote. That's everybody but me, so that's our winner tonight. <laughs> there you go. All right. Nice. Uh, Ryan Turner, yes. good job, who lives at 492 West 6th Street, <laughs> Cactusville, USA. All right. Um, good job on that. Um, yeah. Good twist. Justin's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really excited for you. So, uh, good job. Good job. He's really rooting for you. Yeah. So good I job. Yeah, I gotta find this last uh, this last read. It's this one with the with the big O thing, right? With the big Still? O, yeah. Hey, uh, Adam and Eve is determined to help you spice things up in the bedroom, and uh, they're backing up that promise. So you can go to adamandeve.com. You get fifty percent off almost any item when you enter coupon code BN Army at checkout, and that's a good deal. But back by popular demand and for a limited time only is the uh, big O kit. I'd like a report on the big O kit one of these days. From, Me uh, from, too. From one of our listeners who email feedback and, at the Brewnetwork.com. Give us a brief description of how the Big O kit worked Don't out. need video. I'm going to get but. it now right off as a business expense. Oh. I volunteer as tribute. You're going to do it. Have you ordered from Adam Good and job, Eve Kim. ever <laughs> yet? Kim, you no, should... but I've gone so far as going on the website and putting stuff in my cart. Okay. Whoa, is it? Okay. So, mm. what, what made you bail out? Uh, I don't. I don't remember. She was at work, oh, wow. and uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. well, it was a double-sided thing. But she had just broken up with me, so I was like, <laughs> I didn't eh. read the reviews. You know, the reviews are very important. I've are done there the, review? I've done the same actually, where I've gone and I like put things in the cart, and then it, it just seems so overwhelming because you're like, well, I've never used that before. Am I really gonna? I'm not limber enough for that, dude. Kids, <laughs> get ends Is up. That the right gauge? Now, that, now that Kim volunteered and thinks it's a good <laughs> right. idea. Is I there f- a gauge? Chart. I feel uh, like we should bring up that I feel that we proposed this to her a long time and ago, and she refused. Okay. No, that's not you true. accepted. That's not what happened. Oh, yeah, I did. I, I thought you it. weren't excited about it, but then now that it's your idea, all right. Here's what I'd like to do. <laughs> I'm going to give you a budget though, but the BN okay. is going to pay for your experience. So you got to go. Experience? You got to use coupon code <laughs> BN Army. Okay. Right? Yeah. You got to go in. You got to get your 50 percent off just about any item. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get the free Big O kit, um, which is it's a Climax gel and a mini vibrator. Um, and then you're going to get uh, free shipping. All right. Uh, you go to adminer.com. You use uh, BN Army. Uh, do all that, but your budget is like. Like a hundred bucks because Whoa. that's like two hundred bucks worth of that's stuff. A lot of stuff, yeah. right? Uh, put it in your next invoice to the BN. Okay, but you, I but do you have to. <laughs> I'm the only oh, one that very sees descriptive that. line item. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear, I'm the only one that sees that. Yeah, I'll let the tax person figure the rest out. But, uh, but you got to report back on this. I, yeah. I understand that's the point. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to know I, I about. Want- the big O kit. And want- maybe the other things you use, too, but I'll leave that up to you. Do you want to shake on it? Make this legit? Yeah. All right. all Are we shaking. shaking on just the big O kit or that you'll report on all items? I'm just That's, curious. It's a package deal. Okay. Yeah. All items. All right. I want you to be very clear oh, and that. know what you're getting into. 
about talk to Bev about it afterwards. I'm just I'm looking out for Kim. It's fine. So uh, can we call Joel back real quick? <laughs> yeah. or, uh, I think I think this will stand up in court. <laughs> uh, Kim, just for instance, this is not the scope we, of my work. We don't want there. you to be saying like, "Well, this looks like it could be fun." No, we want to know if it's fun. Right. Yeah. There's a big difference. Full report yes. after usage. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Right. Post, this is a post usage report. Yes, right. We don't want to like on you know. your personal experience. Now you can talk to us about the packaging. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, look good. Came but, well. yes. Do an unboxing <laughs> video. It really smell good. Right. Yeah. I prefer yeah. But I want to know about the performance exactly. of it. Uh, how did it hold up? Um, you know, was it able to uh, take the punishment you gave it? Uh, Wait, how did it hold up? So, like, oh my God, I, what? Right. What is happening? Do you remember what we just talked about with our guest? Well, it's different when you're a contractor uh, and not right. an employee. Not my employee. <laughs> um, now, just out of curiosity. Uh, oh, God. Well, <laughs> yeah. This isn't going to go anywhere. I tried, to, I tried to help you out earlier, but... Uh, just uh, by your estimation, will this report come back having been used with another party as well or do you feel like you're going to come back with a solo report i would i would like to try both okay oh, oh wow a full report she's thorough wow. you see how dedicated she is wow. Bebo. Equal, uh, so so part her. Last time. yeah you should add her you should make her an employee i'll face myself out <laughs> then i can't do this okay um i can't wait you make that 300 dollars get started right away Okay. Okay, so tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually I'm done right now. Me. So, yeah, yeah she you know. just hit by. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you need now? Adam Neve is quick. <laughs> All right, go to adamneve.com. You can get the same deal uh, that we just described, minus me paying for it, uh, by using coupon code BNARMY. All right. Okay. That's good fun. Yeah. Don't you think? <laughs> good times. Hopefully, it's good for Kim. <laughs> uh, we'll find out. An experience is what you make it. <laughs> oh. See? That's a good positive attitude you got there. <laughs> you know, they, huh. uh, they do have uh, reviews on Adam and Eve on everything. Oh, they do, yeah. Um, including uh, batteries. There are there are people, there are 270, yeah. to be exact, people who have reviewed the AA batteries <laughs> on Adam and Eve. Really? What brand does Adam and but Eve sell? Energizer. You, okay. But if you think about it, is, is there many other places that batteries are oh so important? So I feel well, like that's yes. a really quality sign. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's, yes, it's good to get the batteries, but, but do you need... To review batteries, yes. <laughs> I mean yeah. they're, they're batteries. Well, they're yes. probably talking they about work. In, in, in implementation. Exactly, like, it works great in a flashlight, but in a vibrator, it just it doesn't work that well. And this is important. Do but that's not how batteries work. Batteries? Look, your phone. Ba- no, well, not the <laughs> cheap ones. <laughs> Look, your your phone battery dies. The ones from Japan <laughs> do. <but laughs> your, your mouse battery dies. No big deal. You don't get right. any work done uh, for a little what? while. Yeah. Your vibrator battery can't get any work done. Your day. And right at the at the worst opportunity, <laughs> right. that'll oh, ruin your whole afternoon. Oh, right. Hey, man, I just I wouldn't. Uh, you I'm know. saying that makes the site even more thorough than I thought it yeah. was. True. Yeah. True. Probably that. needs another 200 uh, reviews of that AA battery. <laughs> yeah. Now, were any of the reviews specifically just using the AA battery for its unintended use? Uh, uh, I didn't get that far, <laughs> but a lot of it was like works works uh, like a battery should or. <laughs> Or like didn't last long enough, right. and like, well, that's a party animal right there. You oh, can probably back off a little bit, but right. yeah, I don't know. I thought I, it was amusing. I maybe they were inserting those in other in other orifices. Or you, you use them as a gauge. I mean, whatever you want to do, man. <laughs> 
I'm going to make sure that I'm here for Shimki's show. I'm just looking at the show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, you're assuming that, that she'll have we'll the be report on the ready for, for the next step, next show she's on. Yeah, that's fast. How long is shipping? Like, what if shipping's like three weeks? No, I think oh, it's, no, I no, think it's faster than that. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. they got a huge warehouse, homie. Yeah, but, yeah. but she also has to f- have to find a partner. We're gonna go there sometime. You're back on the 21st of what? May. <laughs> no, I'm not. According to my calendar. Uh oh. Mm, here we go, baby. I won't be. Oh, I might even be here before that, though. I think. Oh no, I'm gone on that date. You're right. You're right. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> so May twenty first, Kim Shimke. That's that's what we're hoping for here. Do I have to like put this in my calendar? I have to make sure and come out that one. Yeah. Oh God. Now, do I you legit have to get on top of ordering the stuff like then tonight? It's an in studio guest. You that's would be here anyway. About a month. Yeah, it's about a month. It, it comes quickly. Okay. This stuff. <laughs> Hopefully not too quickly. <laughs> yeah. well, it arrives quickly. It's um, here we go. Now, do you have to go out and and say like here we find go. a partner right. for this, or do you already have? <laughs> is, one, is there someone uh, on deck lined up, Kim Shimke? That's not the package deal that we shook on. So, <sighs> but you know, we always yeah. ask you, you. I know, and I don't have to answer. Oh that. my god! Mm. When's the next road trip so I can ask you about all this stuff? And <laughs> We're meeting up me. in Nashville. There's you? a lot of fireball ah, shots in Nashville. See, oh. and then you're stuck with me, god and just like it. Bevo, you can't resist answering <laughs> all my questions. It's perfect. You know, believe it or not. You start to be able to resist. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen it happen. (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to be good fun. Yeah. Sounds like great fun. Good, clean... Well, uh, <laughs> depends on the Queen suable litigious fun. <laughs> All right, uh, next week's program, yes. Brunswick Beer Works Here is we go. going to be in the studio talking to you folks. Um, so get ready for that. Uh, thank you all for being on the show today. Thank you to Joel Van Paris from uh, CDNF. You can go to cdflabor.com if you're looking for more um, information on you know employment laws in California. And we hope you got something out of it. I found it actually really fascinating. Absolutely. was happy you spent some time with us. I know it's a little different. It's more of a Bruce Strong topic, but we thought it'd be (laughs) fun over here. And uh, I think Joel did a good job. So, was happy to have it. It was definitely entertaining. Not like Bruce Strong, right? I mean, (laughs) I don't know. Or the Sour Hour. Is that a part of the back and forth we have with Bruce Strong? Yeah, they don't know about it, though. It's the thing I'm I'm starting is where the shows don't know that we have a back and forth. Oh, okay. (laughs) We think heads and tails. I think it's a thing you're continuing. Oh, shit. Because that's what Sour Hour has. Has oh, done. damn yeah, it! I didn't know. So, which is why it's funny that we just go to Bruce Strong. It'll be this endless loop of nobody, <laughs> whoever dishes it back to the one who's <laughs> dishing it. <laughs> Meanwhile, directed heads and tails, and be like, eh, whatever, yeah, whatever. dude. Yeah. Mean- Meanwhile, Bruce Strong is recording this week at uh, Wednesday at noon. There uh, we go. So Wednesday at noon, folks. Wednesday at noon. You can hear the comeback. And it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> To be on all of these shows that talk about cra- talk crap about all the other shows because I'm the only one on every, every single show. <laughs> so they never talk about you. Yeah, I just try not to talk. At all. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you to our YouTube viewers today. It's our first time doing a live stream of ours over on YouTube, and um, we'll see. We'll probably continue that. I don't know yet. Yeah, it's a, it's a test. Dipping our toes in the water. Yeah. Um, but more YouTube video content to come. So thanks for sticking with us over there. All right, JP, you ready yes. to get us out of here? <coughs> uh, yes, I am now. <coughs> Great. I'm ready for you to get us out of here, too. Thank you. Here you go. Bye, everybody. Here you go. Later. 
Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Joel Van Paris joined us from Carruthers, DeSante, and Freudenberger to talk about labor laws in breweries. If you are in need of some legal advice in this matter, reach out to Joel over at cdflaborlaw.com. Merge your love of Disneyland with your lack of engaging podcast and go to earsuppodcast.com as JP, Terrence, Bevo, and Taryn talk about all things Disney. Get on Twitter for some good beer insight and homebrew info and follow Nate Smith and Nathan Homebrew. Mike McDowell at Tasty McD. Warren is stuck over at another beardy. JP fully understands that Twitter is dead and you should follow him on Instagram at Major Jip. And also check out Bevo hanging out on Instagram as well at Beverly Moore. Be sure to find the Brew Network on Facebook, Twitter, and the aforementioned Instagram. Cherry.